Hello, and welcome to the Load Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gage Sampson, and with me, as always, my co-host, Jordan Briggs. Today, we're getting into our final segment of our power rankings. We're doing centers today. And uh, lucky number episode eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, funny statistic I found that after the seventh episode, uh, seventh episode of most people's podcasts, they quit or they, I guess I wouldn't want to say fail because you can't really fail at podcasting. You just kind of give up on it. But you say something like 80% of podcasts end after seven episodes. Yeah. People just give up on it. It's crazy. Hey, we're number eight. Yeah. Coming up. Keeping going. We're almost, we're almost to the preseason boys. We're, 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 uh, we're seeing we kind of got through our preseason, like our first couple episodes, did some tweaking, like we're learning what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we just picked this up. Yeah. Um, we're still learning we're still going eight episodes in eight weeks and we definitely learned doing it online is not a good idea <laughs> yeah so now we're sitting across from each other and uh, if you follow our facebook page which go out and and do that you'll see our setup it's uh it's interesting yeah <laughs> got the plastic folding table but uh it works so um today we'll be starting at number 30 with our power rankings and to give everyone a reminder that we're doing uh, these are projected wins above replacement from the Carmelo system on uh, 3038. 538. 538, I'm yeah. sorry. 538.com. They project their the wars of every player for the next year. And that's what we're going to base our power rankings off of for next season. Yeah, we've been, we're, what's our fifth installment of this, fourth installment of this? We did, uh, we did point guards and shooting guards together. And then we realized that was going to take two, that was just a really long podcast so we decided to do like small forward power forward centers yeah so so technically it's four yeah so fourth installment of this um probably the last in our power ranking series one thing that was really interesting about the center position and if you guys have been listening to to us the last couple of weeks you'll know that i always talk about defense i'm kind of a harper on that but uh centers are a little bit interesting because even the replacement level centers so we use the term replacement level quite a bit but you know, G-leaguers, people that you can get on the minimum, even replacement level centers have a plus 1.3 uh, plus defensive plus minus at center. And, so, I, and I think what uh, the reason for that is there just isn't as many skilled centers in the league that mm-hmm. you just you you don't need to guard. Like there's no there's no the Ewings, the Shacks, the Robinsons of the 90s. You only have maybe like three or four really talented uh, offensive minded centers in the league right now. So you really don't need the a good defensive center they just i mean if they're just a big body they're going to be good at defense and in that same vein if you can protect the rim mm-hmm. you know if that's all you can do even if your your rotation defense is lacking and uh, maybe your lateral foot speed isn't very good if you can protect the rim get a couple blocks you're adding to your defensive plus minus so i we've harped so much on defense the last couple of weeks because that's what separates the good point guards from the you know the average the same with shooting guards Centers, not as much. Now we're going to see kind of the inverse of that. Yeah, and I think another thing is is players are just way more athletic than they were. I mean, mm. there there were still really athletic players in the 80s and 90s, don't get me wrong, but like the center's position, you had like Kurt Rambis and uh, who was that guy from the Pistons? Uh, um, Bill Lambeer. Mm. Like you don't have really have those guys. They're all really, they're rim runners and they're athletic and it's just it's kind of a different game for centers these days. Yeah, pretty much. I, I would say half the people we're going to go through in this this list could be considered rim runners. Oh yeah, if, you know, de- defensive minded players, rebounders with limited offensive ability. 
But as we start to get into our top 10, that's when you start seeing those skilled guys come out. Yeah. And that's what the NBA, that's what the NBA looks for these days is just big men that can run the floor, can protect the rim and can pick and do pick and roll. And you can make some money doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. mean, those guys get paid. Like one of the guys on our, our list here, not to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, Thomas Bryant from the Wizards, who was kind of cast off by the Lakers. Yeah, released. Is is a rim-running center who can do pick and roll and can kind of spot up from three. And, I mean, he has he's got paid. Like, yeah, and he's starting for the Wizards, making money, and, um, yeah, starting center on our list here. But uh, we're getting a little ahead. He's uh, number 23 on our list. So let's go to number one. This one... We didn't know who to put here because we didn't know who starts at center for the Cavs, but we're going to do Tristan Thompson. He's He was hurt most of the year last year. Mm-hmm. He's uh, projected a negative .4, which is really hard to do. So uh, not the same guy you saw in the finals three, three, four years ago. Yeah, it's hard to be a negative war as a center. It, <laughs> it really, really is. is. And a lot of what you have with his war is because he's hurt. Um, in 2017, he only played 53 games. 2018, he only played 43 it's been so, like a foot or ankle issue. Yeah. It's tough to get wins for your team if you can't stay on the court. And uh, he's not he, – he's never had a good offensive game. No, he's, he's just been like a, a rebounding – he's been he's been okay at defense, but he's been more of a re- – just a good a rebounder. Because he's only like, what, 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, yeah, he's a little undersized. Uh, he's listed at – he's listed at 6'10". He's probably not 6'10". No, no. And he – like I said, he's been hurt, first of all, and his defense is not hasn't been in the last two years what it was in 2017. He's never been a defensive stalwart by any means, but he had a, just to put this in perspective, last year he had a negative .4 defensive plus minus. The G League level player on average gives you plus 1.3. So this guy is a below, below replacement level, not even average, below replacement level defender. So he's short. I mean, he's that. not bringing defense. We, we know he can't score. He's a um, small ball center that can't do what he was really good at three or four years ago. And he's not even that old. I think he's only, no, he's only 20, 28. Yeah. 28. So but yeah. Career average of 9.2 points a game. He's a good rebounder. Career average 8.6, but that's the reason he got paid. Yeah. And well, LeBron a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah LeBron, <laughs> forced that contract. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I was looking, he's in the last year of that deal this year and he's paid Tristan Thompson. Who's going to come in at number uh, 30 on our list just paid 18 million <laughs> so the Cavs will be well first of all there's no way they're trading that thing. i think the Cavs are getting off all those bad lebron contracts next yeah. year yeah i think so kevin loves up soon too mm-hmm. but yeah i mean not a whole lot to say else about tristan thompson kind of just maybe maybe he has a bounce back here i mean he's still relatively young but he's kind of just a shell of his former he's got to stay on the court mm-hmm. uh nickname is double t for tristan thompson kind of whatever all right, next on the list, uh, we have Wendell Carter Jr. with the Chicago Bulls coming in at a replacement-level player. Showed a lot of a lot of promise last year, but kind of same same as Tristan Thompson, was just not very healthy the whole year. Yeah, unlike Tristan Thompson, we do have some some potential in Wendell Carter, at least. But Yeah, a lot of people says his game reminds, uh, reminds them of like Al Horford, kind of just like a jack-of-all-trades kind of big man. Really, yeah. good. I, I I mean, I've heard he's really good at defense. I haven't I, I haven't really watched much of him, but that's from what I've heard. He's he's a good defensive minded center. He had a good summer league too, which mm-hmm. you know is, is a plus. But yeah, he you're right. He is a very good good defensive player for a rookie. Like I said, he's a two point four defensive plus minus. Was a positive two point four. So 
at the center position, that's not outstanding. Just yeah. one point above replacement level. That's still pretty good. Decent but he's a rookie. rookie. Yeah, it's pretty good. So for we kind of give him some credit for that. His he's he doesn't have an offensive game yet. Minus three point seven. Um, he's limited in his abilities. He can't shoot all that well. He shot nearly a three game last year. Only shot eighteen percent. So it looks like it's something he wants to add to his game, but it's not quite there. But he only played forty four last year. So it more was, to be uh, seen out of Wendell Carter. Was it a was it a wrist issue? Or yeah, he had a wrist issue last year, and then he actually just had a uh, this offseason an, an abdominal surgery, but it doesn't sound like he's going to miss any time. Okay, okay, yeah. But uh, he missed some summer league games. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, next on our list is Enos Cantor with uh, my beloved Boston Celtics coming at a replacement level player. He was uh, sh- he showed a lot of promise with the Blazers uh, late late in the season in the playoffs. He mm-hmm. actually was I don't think he was a negative on defense, right? Or no, he a- was a po- for for the first time really in his career. I mean, he was a positive plus minus defensively in the playoffs only. Mm-hmm. Regular season still minus two point one. Uh, Maybe he brings over that that defense from the playoffs, but. Enos Cantor will only go as far as his defense allows him. We've seen that if you've watched him, you know, with the Thunder, with the very uh, skilled rebounder and offensive player mm-hmm. with the you know the Knicks, the even Portland, he would be taken off the court because he's so poor defense. Even though he's the best offensive option you have at the five by far, I mean, he's he can shoot the ball. He you know pretty much has you know a complete offensive game, but. We know he can't play defense. That's why he's down here. And at the center position where nearly every center can, it's a pretty big weakness in his game. And I think uh, uh, Brad Stevens wants him to start shooting threes this year. I I think he can shoot threes. He just never really has in his career. Yeah, in his career he hasn't, but he has a jump shot. Yeah, I mean, he shoots... Well, almost eighty percent from free throw range, right? Yeah, his in his you know if you look at his first of all his free throws, yes, it's seventy eight percent on his career, but that's really impressive for him. His fifteen guy. to eighteen foot jump shots there. Mm-hmm. It's just is he going to stretch that out? And if I Brad think, Stevens lets him, I don't know why he can't. I mean, that's what he uh, that's what Brad Stevens did with uh, with uh, what's his name uh, Aaron Baines. Mm, Aaron yeah. Baines started coming out to the. It was more of a corner shot, but it, I mean, he still stepped out the center when Aaron Baines never really did that in his career. So. Well, it adds another dimension. You look at what that's done to Brooke Lopez's career. Oh, yeah. It made Brooke Lopez a positive player. Yeah. So. Enos Cantor, going to have a big big shoes to fill in Boston with, oh, with gosh, Al Horford. Yeah. I mean, so. we lose so much defense, but hopefully Enos, I mean, if he can bring what he did in the playoffs, I mean, I'm not expecting him to do it every game, but if he can bring that intensity on the defense in, just being... Just being in the way, really, just because yeah, it's not a size issue for him. Yeah, I mean, dude, seven foot two fifty. I mean, if if Jojic can be like an average defender, I, I'm pretty sure Enos can. But well, uh, we'll see. Third, you know, he was. I remember he was the third overall pick, 2011. Was he really? Yeah, Jazz. What? How old is he now? 28 or 27? Only 27. Wow. Yeah, he's been around for a while. 2011. Wow. He's Cantor's bounced. He was drafted by the Jazz and Thunder, and yeah, he's been. Yeah. Over. All right. Um, his uh, nickname here is uh, Enos the the Menace. I almost said Menus. <laughs> Enos the Menace. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe and I guess he's Ennis, you can pronounce it Ennis or Enos Cantor. I've heard it both ways. Oh, M- Ennis makes sense. So Ennis, Ennis the Menace. The Menace maybe. Yeah. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I mean, I guess you'd have. To Ennis ask sounds him. more pleasing. It like I don't know if your name's Enos. That sounds kind of harsh, but. Yeah. All right. Um. Next on our list is uh, Zubak, Avika, is that how you say it? Avika? Avika, Zubak, yeah. uh, the Clippers. 
coming at a point six wins above replacement. Another player the Lakers just uh, gave up. <laughs> what was it for a second round or something? Uh, Mike Muscala. Oh, it wasn't even a pick. Yes, <laughs> Mike Muscala. Oh, Oof. we had to add that three point shooting. That's a Magic Johnson special right there. Yeah, so Zubac gives you half a game above wins above replacement. So he's a decent center. I hey, would you say he's a decent offensive player, good rebounder. Yeah, he he's a good he is a good rebounder. He's a good blocker. So his defensive plus minus are good. Offensively, he's pretty skilled but inefficient. Like he has, you know, he doesn't look like a robot out there, but uh, just doesn't doesn't convert like he should. Um, he's not someone that you want to. He's still a young player too, mind you. But only twenty two, right? Yeah, he just his field goal percentage is fine, but he misses a lot of shots that he shouldn't. You know, if you if you is he watch a free him throw play, shooter, free throw shooter. Yeah, he's no um seventy three percent. That's I would say. So that's, as for a big, it's not bad. No. The thing is, he doesn't get a lot of attempts. Was he a was he a college or European player? European. European. Okay. Yeah, he's from Bosnia. Okay. Yeah, he was a second round pick, last, second round, thirty second overall. It's so like the first, yeah, second pick of the second round. We assume he was going to start because he he started last year for the Clippers. I mean, it very well could be uh, what's his name, um, Harold. Harold, yeah, Montrez I think you got to start. Hey, you're so small if you start Harold. Yeah, Harold, and obviously Harold and uh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams were just such a dynamic uh, team coming off the bench. I don't think you should really mess with that. So we just went with Zubak here. Yeah. Obviously, Harold would be a lot above. Way above the list. Zubak provides some rim protection. I mean, he he only averaged 20 minutes a game last year and, and blocked a shot a game. That's, so That's not terrible. That's respectable. His block rate. For 36, that's, I would say, what, 1.6, 1.7. Yeah, his 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 defensive pers- rebounding or his rebounding percentage and his block percentages are both pretty good, um, which is why his defensive rating are good. He's, he doesn't pass the ball very well. He can't shoot threes, which hurts him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many th- centers now can stretch it out i bet i mean when i look at a player and they have a decent free throw percentage and decent form on the free throw i assume they could probably step out maybe do a corner three they have the form they have the yeah i think the shot a lot of it. times with bigs that comes a little later you mm-hmm. know they have to get a coach that's going to let him do it yeah um he's only 22 years old so you know i don't think he has doesn't have the upside that wendell carter does but yeah and uh, th- by the way, we wanted to mention this is starting centers, not uh, the best center on the team. So obviously, like Harold would be here if we went by like best center on the team. But we're just going who we think will be starting on every NBA team. A couple of nicknames for Zubak: uh, Zublock or Zublaka. I've heard both of those. Big Z, Zoo. Uh, there's Zubak. Zupak. I've never heard that before. Zoo Alcindor. Zoo Alcindor. Never heard those. But the Lakers, they called him Zublaka all the time. Hmm. Alrighty, uh, we got Alex Lynn next on the list, coming out of point seven with the Atlanta Hawks. Alex Lynn was a pick by the Suns. I think he was a fourth round pick way back. Fourth in, overall. Fourth overall. Yeah. I think he was way back in 2014, I believe. That's probably about, yeah, 2014. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Fifth overall pick, 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah, and obviously the Suns are just terrible at developing players, so he didn't really get a chance and he's now he's looks like he's uh starting to show show some promise with uh with the hawks here he had a decent year last he had a year. good stretch with them last year mm-hmm. he he did start for him last year um towards the end of this season he only started 31 games but they lost deadman too but 
He had a pretty decent year, you know, 11 points. Um, he doesn't rebound very well. Um, he would have these games where, I remember in fantasy, I would yeah. sometimes pick him up. He would just have these games where he'd go for like 20 and 10, like two, three blocks. I'm just like, what? Is Alex Lynn, really? I guess his rebound rate isn't horrible for how many minutes he gets. But yeah, he he's just one of those guys that has fought for minutes his whole career. I think with Deadman gone, he'll get a little more run. Yeah, and I heard he had these uh, comments to the media about just trashing the Suns' uh, player development, too. So that's yeah, which is probably up. justified. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one thing Alex Lynn added last year was a three-point shot. Um, first couple of years in the league, he didn't shoot any at all. Last year, he shot 2.6 per game at 36%. That's, I mean, that's not a huge volume, but that's still pretty impressive. Yeah, but it fits that. That's what he has to do in a lot of bigs. You're going to, you know, unless you're an amazing rim defender, rebounder, um, you know, pick and roll roller, then being able to pop out and shoot that three is what really keeps these guys around. Yeah. I mean, if he pumps that volume up to like six or seven attempts and makes three of them, like that's, yeah, that's really, really good. And he should get, he only, like I said, he only played 20 minutes a game. He only shot eight times a game. There's plenty of scoring in the Atlanta offense, but. If he can hit good clips like he did, his field goal percentage is a little low, 49%. That's a little low for a center. But if he's stretching it out more, then you expect that. And I think he gets more playing time since Deadman is no, no longer with the Hawks. Yeah, I don't I don't know who really contests him at the center spot. Yeah, I'm not sure. why. I'm not sure if there should be anyone else. Mm-hmm. They have Bembry, but he's kind of he's kind of too short, I would yeah, think. Yeah, and you could, I mean, you could slide Collins over, but... Yeah. All righty, next on the list is uh, the guy we mentioned earlier is Thomas Bryant with the Washington Wizards. Uh basically one above a replacement level player showed pretty good promise with the wizards last year they uh, gave him a contract i don't have the numbers off the top of my head do you remember how much they paid him was it like five to two it was pretty significant um i'll look it up here but it was like three three for three million uh, 30 million something i mean he got he got paid we know that he got uh 323 for 25 okay so yeah i was was kind of so about eight and eight point three per year so for a guy that his second year of the league got cut yeah, and he was a two-way contract, so he didn't. Yeah, he, he was didn't. only a second-round draft pick too. Yeah, so he could get get that extension early. He didn't. Yeah, that's the so second-round draft picks don't have that four-year deal mm-hmm. or four-year the team options like first-round picks do. Yeah, and their money isn't guaranteed either. Yeah, uh, that's something that we may might break down a little bit as we do our some of our cap breakdown stuff. But just so you guys understand why he got got paid at age twenty-two. Um, you know, he's only been in the league since 2017. Yeah, it's the same thing with uh, Londo Trier with the Knicks. He was a yeah. I don't even know if he was a second round player. He might have been, but this reason he got a decent contract from the Knicks. Also, yeah, Thomas Bryant got thrown into a starting role with the Wizards last year. Obviously, they um, had Dwight Howard lost him, and Thomas Bryant started 53 games for them. And I think they were. You should be pleasantly surprised with what he did for literally not being able to crack the Lakers rotation the year before and getting cut. Um, signing as a free agent with Washington, averaged 10 points a game, six rebounds uh, a game, and he stretched the floor a little bit, uh, 1.43s a game at 33%. Not great, but like I said, he's still a young player, and I think the way the league's going, you want to see these guys at least make those attempts. Uh, yeah, and at least they're efficient and, at him. Yeah, and the last season he had a 1.6, so it was actually better than what they projected him to have next year, so he was obviously a better player than – a lot of people realize so i mean obviously he could he could pump up those numbers instead of coming back down from what the Carmelo system projects him that yeah and some of that is you know can he stay on the can he stay on the court um 
you know, he's a young player, so you don't you just don't know how many you know how many minutes they're going to give him. Um, the Wizards aren't going to be competing for anything next year, so I don't know why they don't give him. He only got twenty minutes game last year. I expect him to at least get that. Yeah, they don't have really any big men on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't think they, that net, that Wizards team has no players on that. I saw an interesting potential trade, just kind of a, a, a quick off-topic thing here. Um, Heat were considering taking Bradley Beal and John Wall. Oh, really? So they'd take that Wall contract in order to get Beal. I don't know how they'd afford it financially. It'd have to be some big pieces moved, but... That John Wall contract's just way too toxic. I would not do that. But... Yeah, we won't get too far into that today because you don't want to deal with that. All righty. And uh, Thomas Bryant did not have a nickname, so... Next on our list is, which has actually surprised me a little bit. I thought Jared Allen was a little bit better player than with the with the WAR rating gives him. He has a one point one. Jared Allen obviously plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He uh, showed a lot of promise. He was a late round pick two two three years ago, I think. Yeah, twenty second overall in two thousand seventeen. Oh no, he was a rookie last in no. twenty seven. So his last year was so his this sophomore. is his third year. This would be his, yeah year yeah. three. Um. Obviously, a defensive player, like a DeAndre Jordan kind of mold. Yeah, which should probably be his backup this year. Well, no, actually, he's actually a three-point shooter, right? He he can. Um, he doesn't shoot a lot of them. Like, he's like about .6 a game, and his percentage wasn't great either. But he's not quite as, you know, like at the rim only as DeAndre. The thing that Jared Allen struggles with is foul trouble. Yeah. And the reason he doesn't get more run is is partially because of that. I mean, he averaged 2.3 fouls in only 26 minutes. Um, it's a little bit high. And he even was even worse his rookie year. So if he if he can stay on the court, you know, he's a, a promising up-and-coming player. Kind of a, you know, if you play fantasy basketball, he's a guy you want because he's getting one-and-a-half blocks a game in only 26 minutes. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. One thing you can you're concerned about, with Jared Allen is what is DeAndre Jordan going to do? Yeah. How, it, how many minutes does he steal from this kid? Or if he, if they just start DeAndre too, it, I wouldn't put it past him. No, I mean, Which I really wouldn't because Deion, uh, Jared showing a lot of promise. I would keep him. hope he develops more. It the, just seemed like at times last year, Kenny Atkinson didn't like just kind of had a short lease on, on Allen. I mean, Jared Allen played in the summer league this year, which is really interesting. It's really, really rare for a third round or third year, a third year player that was like, you know, productive. Pretty, yeah. Productive. Player. I mean, this guy's like a, and you know, he started 80 games for the Nets last year. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting. It just makes you wonder how the Nets view him. Um, he's a, a good defensive player. He's not great defensive. He's a good shot blocker. Yeah, uh, but his plus minuses aren't great, and his offensive plus minuses uh, are just below replacement level. So he's got some room to re- improve, but he's like I said, he's young, and and for the twenty second overall pick, you can't be too concerned about what you got. I mean, the guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was a plus one point seven defensive uh, had defensive rating last year, which is pretty pretty decent for a second round uh, or second year type player. Yeah, so. he wasn't like a, a negative, but you know, he was really raw coming out of college. I average believe. average defensive centers, you know, 1.3. He's just right above. Um so it's not, you know, you're not too worried about it, but um you know, he's only 21 years old. So yeah. Still some upside here, uh, a lot different than you know, he has more upside than someone like Alex Len probably does at this point. And his nickname is Fro. I mean, he obviously bringing back the 70s 
afro like the players in the past and i i actually think it's really cool looking but yeah he does like the headband and everything mm-hmm. next on our list is Dwayne deadman uh signed with the kings this past off season was uh previously with the atlanta hawks he started for them last yeah, year. yeah he kind of started with them uh, flip-flop between him and um alex lynn mm-hmm. yeah i just kind of i mean he got plenty of minutes yeah uh, with that team yeah deadman's coming in at a 1.2 above replacement rating and he got paid two three years 40 yeah, and he's not really um, – Dwayne Dedman's not really a known entity in the NBA. Hmm. Kind of been a journeyman his whole life, I would say. He's 29 years old. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like a – Kind of just a defensive, like, almost like a 3 and D center. I would yeah, say. He's, he's very, very unique mm-hmm. offensively. Um, but he's a productive NBA player. I mean, he's still in our bottom our bottom 10 here, but um, – he brings some some unique abilities to the center position. He shot thirty eight percent from three last year, so that's obviously a ridiculous clip for someone that shot three and a half a game and shot eighty percent from almost eighty percent from three throw range. Yeah, I mean this yeah, guy can true shooting of sixty percent, which is really impressive. Yeah, he's, he can shoot the ball. Uh, he blocks pretty well too. He gets, he gets a lot of steals for a center. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't score a whole lot of points, but only played twenty five minutes last year. He's, you know, he's plenty of size to be a rim protector. Overall, not a fantastic offensive player because he's a little bit limited, but he is a good shooter. So if you're looking for floor spacing uh, and rim protecting. And he, he, I think he complimented John Collins really well. He did. Yeah, because Collins didn't really have that. You know, he still needed to play a little lower. If you can put Deadman out there mm-hmm. uh, even more so than like Alex Len. Yeah, just be a pop, like uh, catch and shoot. And I think he'll shooter. fit. I think he he's one of those guys that fits well on most teams. Yeah, and he'll have the same dynamic. I mean, it's almost exactly the same with Bagley and Fox. Mm. It's going to be the same. Like it would be like Trey and Collins. So. Yeah, it's a really similar. He's going to fill that niche very well. And they add the the Kings desperately need to add shooting because obviously Buddy Heald's a good shooter. And they added Harrison Barnes late. Harrison's a average NBA you know three point shooter. But you add someone like Deadman and replace Willie Colley Stein, who couldn't really shoot. Yeah, that that allows Bagley to work lower, in, mm-hmm. you know, lower in the offense, and could see some, like you saw in our power forward ranking, some more efficiency from him too. It could be like a kickout guy if Bagley gets double teamed, thrown mm-hmm. out. And he's and Bagley's such a poor defender that this this helps you know protect the rim a little more. Yeah, Deadman was a um, two point three last year. Defensive it, plus minus. Yeah, yeah, and if you if you look at Deadman's stats over like two years ago, he was he was a plus four point eight, which is really impressive. Yeah, he's and he's only going to be thirty years old this year, so he shouldn't be slowing down much. Yeah, it's just I mean, I never thought I would say a center was a three and D specialist, but he, I mean, this is kind of yeah, like he's, he's a very unique center. Mm-hmm. I and it's weird. I think I feel like centers are starting to go that way. Like Brooke Lopez is like that too. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, uh, next on our list we have. Jonas Valanusius, did I pronounce that right? Valanusius. Yep. Uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies, came in and won a one point three wins above replacement. He was obviously traded for in that Marcus Hall trade last year. Jonas is like, I, I, he's he's like a traditional kind of big man, just a rebound, good, go good post post up back to the back back to the basket kind of player, mm-hmm. and um, a pretty good rebounder, and he showed a real like. He really showed up with the Grizzlies when he got traded after the All Star break. He, I think, he averaged like twenty and ten or something. Yeah, twenty points a game, eleven rebounds. Yeah, and he was efficient doing it. Mm-hmm. He shot about one three a game last year, but a really bad percentage. So that's probably something he should 
give up at this point. You know, he's only already 27, going to be 27 years old. Yeah. Um, or at least he needs to put some work in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was asked to do a lot on the Grizzlies. He shot 15 times a game at, four, at 55%. Yeah. So just a, a traditional, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about his game. He's just, just a traditional back to the basket kind of player. It's funny. He kind of reminds me of like Marcus all that can't pass or not a good defensive player. Yeah, I mean he's not a horrible defensive player, but no, no not no. not not no Marcus All is a better defensive player, but they you know, earlier in his career, Mark was just a you know kind of back to basket, you know, high he kind of has learned to shoot the three a little more as gone later on. Yeah, maybe Jonas can have a uh Jonas can have the same kind of projected Yeah, they got some comparisons for him. Because Mark didn't really come into himself until his late twenties. No, he didn't. So some comparisons for him, Greg Monroe, Chris Kamen. I don't know if you remember Chris Kamen. He's yeah. kind of a similar player. An all star. Yeah, and Kamen added the three-point shot a little later in his career, too. Yeah. Um, I say like Greg Monroe, Robin Lopez, That he's a better offensive player than Robin Lopez is, but still kind of a back to... They, it's funny, so 538, the Carmelo system does player comparisons. That's where we get some of these. Yeah. Uh, if we don't think of them off the top of our head. And they have similarity ratings. Some people are really similar to other players, and then some guys like Valenusius just... There's not great comps for... Mm-mm. Um. And Almost this like I would say Pal Gasol without the passing, maybe. Yeah, he's like he is kind of like Pal Gasol without the passing, and um, he's a little bigger than Pal Gasol. Pal Gasol's softer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah Jonas Valanciunas' nicknames: We have JV and Big Science. I don't I don't know where the Big Science is from. I've heard JV before, but next on our list, we have Cody Zeller with the Hornets. Coming in at a 1.7 wins above replacement. Uh, Cody Zeller obviously was a really highly touted uh, prospect, mm-hmm. I think, three years ago. Yeah, he was – let's see. Cody Zeller was drafted. Coming out of Indiana. Indiana. Uh, Indiana, Indiana yeah. yeah. Um, we have one of two Zeller brothers. I think there's three of them, right? There might have been three. I don't know. Yeah, Luke. Uh, I don't think he played in the NBA, though. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, what? what's that? Hansborough. No, 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 no. What's – uh, one of them plays for the Nuggets. Played for Duke. Oh, Plumley. Yeah, the Plumley. Oh, yeah, brothers. there was three Plumleys. Yeah, Miles but I think his brother did play for play in college Miles. too. Um, I don't know Tyler. So is Tyler still in the league? I don't think so. He was last year. Played a little bit with the Grizzlies, but yeah, this Cody is the the best Zeller brother. Uh, Cody's biggest problem is that he's hurt all the time. So his his six years in the league now. He was drafted the fourth overall pick. He's only twenty six, just about turned twenty seven. He's been six years in the league. I feel like it's only been like three or four. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, Did he get a big contract? Because I know the Hornets have a tendency to give kind of. Last year, so last year he only played forty nine games. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the year before that, um, didn't play very many games either. The year before that, he only played thirty three. So, and he's on a four year fifty six million. So he's getting paid like someone that's uh, you now getting you a little, a few more wins above replacement. He is under contract for this season and next season. So still only twenty, like I said, just about twenty-seven years old. But Cody Zeller has not lived up to his number four overall pick last year. Ten points a game, seven rebounds, playing twenty-five minutes a game. Um, started nearly every game that he was healthy for, but just not healthy. Yeah. So. He's a um, below-average offensive player like most of the centers in the bottom half are. He 
is an average, just slightly above average defender, but doesn't do anything all that well. He can't shoot threes. That's not part of his game at all. Uh, and he doesn't protect the rim that well. So Cody Zeller is, you know, he's not, like I said, he's not the worst starting center out there, but not living up to that, you know, when he came out of college, I think people expected a lot more. He was a, he's a really good athlete. Um, but he's obviously, he's losing some of that too with these injuries. Yeah. Not much to say about Cody. Uh, anything, he plays with the Hornets and just can't really stay healthy. So nickname on Cody Zeller. We have the big handsome. It's kind of funny. I'm looking at him right here. I don't think he earned it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next on our list, we have Willie Colley Stein just signed with the Warriors for a minimum contract was previously with the Kings thinking he's trying to get a prove, uh, prove it contract. Yeah, because he signed a two-year 4.4, which yeah. is definitely under market for him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Carmelo has him as an average starter, five years, 68, so he's definitely below, below his market value. But we've seen that before. Teams will go, you know, players will go to teams like Golden State, try to get, you know, and, and revitalize their career. Some of these guys, you know, he's got that JaVale McGee mold, DeMarcus Cousins mold, where they have these bad perceptions. They mm -hmm. go to the Warriors, they win, show that they can be as part of a winning team, and then get money. Yeah. And obviously that didn't work with Boogie, but... Yeah, because of the other injury. But JaVale McGee had a career resurgence after his stint with the yeah, Warriors. Yeah, and then got signed by the Lakers and... Yeah, watch. Two years from now, Willie Cauley-Stein will be with the Lakers. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, Cauley-Stein, um, another high draft pick, sixth overall in 2015. Still a young guy. It wasn't, just a, very about... strong, it wasn't a very strong draft class. No, you know, it was not. Uh, he's just about 26 years old. Um, last year's... Um, not a, not a horrible year, 12 points a game, eight rebounds. Uh, doesn't protect the rim all that well. He does get more steals than your average big man, 1.2, but not even a half a, you know, just about a half a block a game. Um, it's kind of like a rim running big. Yeah, he's he's a very athletic, um, played 27 minutes uh, a game, shot only nine times, but at 56%. Has zero range to his game. Um, and he is a pretty poor free throw shooter i mean career 61 percent last year 55 yeah so plenty of traditional rim running but not all that good at protecting the rim big um deandre jordan without the defense pretty much pretty much he was a plus 1.8 defensive plus minus last year so that's slightly above the replacement level of 1.3 and that was supposed to be a specialty coming out of college and he just kind of didn't really live up to it yeah some of it i mean I feel bad for for Colley Stein, just like I feel bad for most players that go to the Kings, because they just don't seem to ever live up to what you know. De'Aaron Fox is like the bright hope mm -hmm. there, but a lot of these guys that end up going to the Kings just kind of yeah. They, I mean, the Kings have really turned around that front office, and really... yeah, yeah, they have. But he was still part of that part of that era mm -hmm. where it's like you know, because he was drafted 2016. He was drafted. Was he drafted the year? The same year or after Boogie got traded? It'd be probably, I think, the year. I think he probably year. played Boogie for one year. Yeah. So, um, but Collie Stein, kind of kind of your typical rim runner, doesn't do anything all that well. Um, one of the comps they have for him is Kenneth Reed. That's kind of similar. You know, mm -hmm. average rebounder, can be a, a role man, but isn't a great defender. But Collie Stein has the size to be a better defender. He just hasn't figured it out yet so yeah and he had a pretty good war last year last season he had a 2.4 i mean it's not amazing but better than what they haven't projected out to so 
yeah, I think it just um now the couple years before that he was a little bit less. I mean, he's changing teams here too, so. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, uh next on our list, which will actually kind of surprise people, uh Hassan Whiteside, who just got traded in this offseason to the Trailblazers for that so they could uh make that Jimmy Butler sign and trade work. They have him projected at a one point eight. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside gonna be thirty years old this year. That's crazy. Seems like he's been in the league for forever. Well, I mean, he kind of came into his own when he started early having those like triple double block games when he was like 26, 27. So yeah. he's kind of an, he's, I wouldn't say he's an old rookie because he, I mean, he played as a rookie in his young tw- early 20s. He just kind of, I don't know if he was like a G Leaguer. Yeah, he, he was. So he, he actually came in the league in 2010, played one game, 2011, 18 games, then didn't play for the next two years. And all of a sudden he goes to Miami because he was a Sacramento too. Oh yeah. Um, but he was, you know, he's a, a second um, round pick. Second round pick. So he went to Miami and it's like, oh, this guy can play a little defense, and he's actually pretty athletic. And he's a big guy. He's probably one of the biggest centers on our list here too. He's listed at two sixty five. I bet he weighs more than that. Yeah, it's a mountain of muscle. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. And so last year, um, Whiteside's kind of gotten a, a bad rap, and I think. I mean, he deserves it. He he does deserve it. No, yeah. he does. Yeah, I mean, he just the thing with Whiteside is is just effort. It is, and it's you never want to hear your twenty million dollar a year player get called out on his effort, especially mm-hmm. on a playoff team. You know, it's not like the Heat weren't contending. Um, but 2016, I mean, this guy was up there with one of the better centers in the league. A wins above replacement of a three point one. He averaged seventeen points, fourteen rebounds. In the year after that, it's like. You know, he only his minutes were cut from thirty two to twenty five, and a lot of that's effort based. And, and another thing is, he gets taken out of the fourth quarter because he's just such a liability on the free throw part of the yeah career fifty seven percent. Yeah, and his he's just a black hole in offense. Also, he just I I don't know. I've never really watched Hassan Whiteside much because he just kind of hasn't really played them much this past two years. I don't know if he's a good pick and roll kind of guy player. Or if- pretty much just low post grabbing the ball. Um, his assist rate is one of the lowest in the in the league for centers. Six percent assist rate. I mean, pretty much he's he's not passing the ball at all. Um, so he pretty much gets the ball down there, does a spin, does a hook. Um, he's not you know inefficient by any means. Last year shot fifty seven percent, but he just is really one dimensional on the offensive end. Twelve points a game. Um, Got a good dunker too. Yeah, I mean, and he just—it's never had an, a positive offensive rating ever. No, and that's—I mean—he's a, a very good defender. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's better than I think people even give him credit for. Last year, four plus four point two defensive plus minus, and that's why he's towards the middle of the pack here. Although he's one of our worst-rated offensive centers, even though he's averaging thirteen points a game. Uh, defensively, he's—he is a good player, and I think. I think. The Trailblazers did a good job of replacing Nurk, at least temporarily. I mean, he's not going to be a huge – he's not the same offensive player as Nurk was. but Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that might be able to re- revitalize Hassan as being on a uh, – I mean, the Heat were a winning team, but they were like 7th, 8th seed most, most of his career. So if he can – and going to the Blazers, he's going to be in a very competitive West, and they're going to be like a top-four seed, and maybe that lights a fire under, in his belly, so – Maybe we see. Yeah, I think that's Hassan. all you can hope for with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, nickname for Hassan: We have Agent Block and Count Blockula, which is obviously because he's really good at blocking. But yeah, uh, we talked about 
we talked about his blocking already in nearly two a game the last four years. So yeah, and kind of ironic. The next player on our list is uh, the guy taking over his spot for the Miami Heat. We have Bam Adebayo coming out of two point one wins above replacement. Bam has a lot of hype. Oh yeah, around him coming into the um, next season. Obviously, going to really uh, come into that starting center's position. Probably going to get around twenty eight to thirty minutes a game and. Just, I know for fantasy, he's just like, uh, he's probably gonna go first or second round, which is crazy. But yeah, Bam's a, Bam's such an interesting player. He's he's a little, I mean, he's listed at six ten. I think he's a little bit shorter than that. Um, I was watching some of his team. So first of all, he's on the Team USA. Um, he just got cut. Yeah, he was on the Team yeah. Team USA roster. Then they cut it down to seventeen. And now he's not. Um, but watching some of like his videos and practicing stuff. And I mean, the guy can shoot the ball. He's not, he's not as at the rim only as, as you, you might think um, he is coming out of North Carolina. So he's developed a decent, he doesn't have three point shot. Um, Underrated passer. But yeah. He's, he's relatively skilled. Yeah. 2.2 assists per game last year and only 23, yeah, 13% assist percentage, which is above, above average for a center. Yeah. So, so he's, He's a little, and he's a good rebounder. He's mm-hmm. a good blocker. You know, a good defensive player. Offensively, last year, um, minus point nine. I think he has an opportunity to improve that some. I don't think he's going to be asked to do too much in that Miami offense, which helps him. Um, but he's skilled and he's young. So he he's the fourteenth overall pick of two thousand seventeen. Uh, the guy's only twenty two. Just turned twenty two. Is he athletic? I, I don't know. He is a good athlete. Is he's he? not like, um, like say I think he's. They list him at six ten. I don't think he's six ten. Watching some of those videos, he looks like six eight to me. Okay. So I think he's a little undersized for the center spot, but he's a good enough athlete to make up for that. Kind of, kind of in that Blake Griffin mold. Blake Griffin averaged like I think he was six eight and one third at the combine, but mm-hmm. they decided to give uh they decided basketball shoes give you two inches in height, so. <laughs> Yeah, you'll see that a lot with NBA heights. It's like guards want to be want to be smaller, you know, like Paul George's and Durant mm-hmm. want to be listed at six nine, even though they're seven foot. Mm-hmm. And then you know these bigs that are six eight, like give me a couple inches on there. Yeah, Kevin know? Love. I think I don't even think Kevin Love was six eight without. I think Kevin Love wore like four pairs of socks at the combine, so he could be over six eight. Yeah, and he's. I think most of the time you see him listed at six eleven or six ten. So yeah, six eight. He's. I don't. He's like the same height as LeBron. Yeah, he is. So, uh, yeah, but Bam has a lot of promise, and we'll uh, we'll see what he does as a full time starter next year. Uh, his nicknames are Bam Bam, and I, 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 so that's his full name is Idris. Idris. Okay. Yeah. So Bam is a is a nickname. Oh, Apparently, Bam, yeah. Okay. He's just like a wild child, like picked up a coffee table or something while watching the Flintstones. I don't know. That's how we got Bam. All right. Uh, next on our list is Yaka Pertle with the San Antonio Spurs. I got that one right, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, coming in at a 2.1 wins above replacement. Uh, I didn't know if you heard, but Bam was a 2.1, so uh, same here. Yaka Pertle was kind of – was didn't really get a whole lot of playing time on Toronto because he was behind Valanusius and Ibaka, and then he was a part he of that. He was part of that DeRozan trade. Yeah, part of that. The Kawhi trade. Yeah, the Kawhi and DeRozan trade. Was kind of just a throw in for a cap filler. Didn't did he? He didn't really start for the Spurs. He he actually. I was looking at their starting. He started like twenty six games, which was more than any other lineup they had. They did start Rudy Gay some, but 
and put LaMarcus at the center, but mm-hmm. more so they started Yaka, but they closed with Rudy Gay. Yeah, he. I mean, he starts, but he doesn't like get many minutes, right? No, he only played like 16. Yeah. Um, he's young. He's only 20. Well, he's going to be 24 years old. Um, he got a lot of promise coming out of Utah, I believe. Yeah, and he's got he's got an opportunity with the Spurs more so than he did, like you said, behind. There's no one ahead of him mm-hmm. in, in over there. It's just about, you know, a lot of times the Spurs will slide LaMarcus into that five spot, and that's what we've seen. Now, he's only averaging 16 and a half minutes a game, um, but he's really efficient with this stuff. He's a good screen setter. He's a good roller. Um, he can't shoot at all, um, but he's a, a good rim protector too his his block rate's actually one of the best among centers he averaging nearly a block a game in only 16 minutes that's that's crazy yeah so this guy can this guy can protect the rim that's what he does his overall defense is average but he blocks and, and in the playoffs last year he was really efficient a defensively plus 4.8 and he's actually not at a black hole offensively either because he's so darn efficient with the shots he mm-hmm. gets um i think this is our first plus offensive player or maybe a second so he's plus 0.2 on the offensive plus minus rating. So not going to kill you, but not really going to do anything for you. No, I mean, his counting stats, you look at this guy, you're like, oh, he's into the rotation. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll have five points a game, five. And he kind of is, but he's efficient in what he does it. And that's in the Spurs system. They're all about efficiency. I was watching uh, or reading some articles about the Team USA and like Kyle Kuzma wasn't getting any minutes for the um, Team USA because he made like one stupid defensive mistake and Popovich said, like, you're done. Oh yeah, and that's the kind of things that Jakob Pertl is not going to do. You know what I mean? He's not he's not going to make those bonehead plays, even though he's a young guy. So that's why he's even in the rotation for for Pop. All righty. Next on our list, we have DeAndre Aiden was a rookie last year, played for the um, almost in San Antonio, the Phoenix Suns, coming out of two point three wins above replacement. DeAndre just kind he of, was a point nine last year. Yeah, kind of flew under the radar last year. Yeah. That's to say the least. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you have Luca and Trey, just lighten it up, lighten it up, and just having kind of a down to the wire race for Rookie of the Year. And it's weird to say like a first round pick flew under the radar, but he really did. He did. Yeah, it's like he was the talk of the draft. Like ESPN would get interviewed him for like a half hour, and then after that, it's like, what happened to DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, part of it's because he's on a bad team. Yeah, and part of it's because his rookie class was really, really solid. Mm-hmm. But he actually didn't have a bad year. Was I mean, like fifteen and ten. Yeah, sixteen points, ten rebounds. He was a pl- a, pl- a positive wins above replacement last year as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked so much about how hard that is to do. Um, you guys have probably seen a little more of DeAndre Ayton than you have other people in this area of our of our rankings, just because he was so good in college. Um, very athletic, a good jump shooter. Um, he shot. F- 75 percent from free throw last year so his jumper's there he doesn't stretch it out to the three-point line but i think that's something you could look for him to do yeah i he he obviously did it when he played for arizona arizona so i, I think he took one or two a game for arizona so mm-hmm. if i mean if he can step out i mean that would be a huge huge add to his game and if he adds that his wins above replacement will go up too i mean we talked about last week we talked about how the three-point shot is so valued because it's more efficient mm-hmm. and you know, if a center adds that to their game, you know, he's got some interesting comps like Towns. I think there's a really similar comp to him. Yeah. Not great defenders. Um, that was the biggest knock on eight and coming out of college is he not a great defender. He averaged a block and a steal per game last year. He did play quite a few minutes. 
Um, and his defensive plus minus was right at average through 1.2. Which is surprising because he had a lot of highlights of him just getting crossed over and stuff. But, I mean, he was mm-hmm. – it wasn't terrible, but I mean, no, he wasn't like a like I said. He was a replacement level, which is you know puts you I like a G got, League center. But G League centers are good at defense. So. Yeah, I think he got better as the year. I mean, as a rookie, you're just not used to the pace of the game. So I think yeah. he just got used to as the year went on. He just got used to how fast uh, the NBA is. Yeah, and it, he throughout the whole year, his offensive game was was pretty good. He's still a negative wins or a plus minus last year. Um. Some of that is the Suns' offense doesn't flow well at all, yeah, and it just the talent's not very good. He, um, he went through like two coaches already, right? Yeah, some oh. of that is his shot selection. I mean, he's he had really good percentages, fifty eight percent, but he's not. You know, he takes a lot of mid range jumpers. Mm-hmm. He's not taking threes, which hurts you. He's not taking shots right at the rim. His uh, free throw percentage is encouraging because yeah. he uh, he doesn't get to the line very often because if he gets the ball in the post, he's one of those guys that likes to fade and. Um, you know, like running hooks and things like that. He's not really that like for how athletic and strong he looks. He doesn't really bully ball very much, so he doesn't get to the line a lot. Yeah, that hurts someone's efficiencies. You're only getting the line two and a half times a game. I mean, yeah, and he's a good free throw shooter, so he can, yeah, he but. needs to get to the line. That's going to be another step in his game. He's got to start, you know, and start working these center because he's a he's a legit seven footer. Yeah, and, and it's hard for a big man to get to the lane be, or get to the line, but just because he. Just to the nature of the game, you're not really driving in. I mean, obviously, you could add that to his game, but you're you're not really driving in. So it's more it, when you're posting up, it's more going against like uh, the rules of vertical verticality. So you're mm-hmm. just kind of like you're not really getting fouled. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to get to the line as a big man, I would say. Yeah, and I don't think he got a lot of low post touches in that offense. Oh either. yeah, he just. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he shot a, a decent. You know, he shot twelve times a game, but. He's a good enough player to shoot more than that. Yeah. Booker takes a lot of those shots. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Uh, next on our list is Dwight Powell with the Dallas Mavericks coming at 2.6 wins above replacement. Dwight but, Powell's just like, I I don't I don't really know much Dwight about Dwight Powell. He's just a high-flying, and that's the kind of, that's my favorite thing about doing these rankings, is that like DeAndre Ayton, who everyone probably knows, yeah, is right behind Dwight Powell. Who's like, who in the world is Dwight Powell? Yeah, I mean, Dwight Powell, I, from what I've watched, is just an athletic freak, but I think that's kind of mostly his game, just like a rim runner. Right? Yeah, he is. I mean, he just is a role man. Uh, he works really well with with Luca in, mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, he just kind of, he's, last year only started 22 games, um, played in 77, averages 21 minutes a game. That's probably something similar to what he'll do. Um, obviously, they don't have Dirk anymore either so mm-hmm. you know, slide make sure you know he'll probably start more majority of the minutes at center doesn't necessarily mean his his overall minutes will go up a whole lot from 22 um, but he's really efficient in his minutes is nearly a 60 percent field goal percentage and most of that is at the rim although he shot 1.6 threes last year only at 30 percent that's still uh, promising it's, yeah it's he's willing to take them which it bodes well for his game um, it's just thirty percent's a little low. The year before, he shot thirty-three percent from three and st- shot the same amount. Yeah, below average three-point shooter, man. I mean, if he's still making them, I'd rather take have a center that can shoot thirty percent from three on three attempts than some guy that's shooting five on like twenty-five. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
defensively, he doesn't. His counting stats aren't very good, mm-hmm. um, and his actually his plus minuses aren't very good either. So that's one thing where he's kind of like um, uh, we were talking about Willie Cauley Stein earlier. They're similar players. They just don't protect all that well, uh, even though they're, he's athletic enough. His plus minus was only plus 0.9. So that's b- below replacement level for centers. But his offensive game was plus 2.4. Um, that's a big... When we look at offensive averages for centers, the, the replacement level players are minus 0.4. So that's a big jump offensively a lot of that's because he's shooting 60 percent yeah and he he had a pretty good war he had a 3.7 last year they have him coming down down to earth kind of this next year but 3.7 is pretty impressive yeah and he had th- uh, 3.4 the year before that so like this is what this is what 2. Point, what 2.8 or 2.6 is not a huge drop down from that um he's got some rotation changing around him with porzingis too good free throw shooter yeah and that's you know that's it kind of shows you we you see that with you know, people that are willing to step out and shoot the three, they normally can shoot the free throw a little better too. But seventy-seven percent last year, that helps your efficiencies too. Yeah, just not a negative player, but not an amazing plus player. And I, I think he's say. our like number sixteen, no yeah. number fourteen rank, so right in the middle. Yeah. Um. You know, it's interesting. Like Aiton, we you expect if you look at their career projections, you know, Aiton is shoots straight upwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's going to get to four, five, six wins above replacement. Powell. Just kind of, yeah, he's floating around. And this, we know what he is. He's 28. This is what he does. Um, but at this point in their career, Dwight Powell is providing a little more to the team. And you expect that out of a 28 year old. Yeah. And he doesn't demand the ball. So, his, no, that helps too. Yeah. You know, he only, he only shot six times a game last year yeah. and scored 10 points. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Six, six attempts a game and 10 points is really efficient. Yeah. That's really efficient. Next on our list, we have Marcus Saul. With the Toronto Raptors, got a trade last year in the Valanusius trade. Uh, obviously helped him win a championship. Yeah, Mark got his ring. Yeah, and I am I love Marcus Hall. He's probably one of my favorite centers in the league. Obviously, he's going to be his 35 or this 35 year old season. Obviously, they have he was at a 5.2 last year, and they have him come down just because at age, you know, he's going to start being slowing down. I mean, 35 year old center and he did slow down once he got to toronto Mm -hmm. he took away smaller role too yeah like with toronto he only played 25 minutes a game he was playing 34 with the memphis which is obviously like really which is what mark needs because mark can't play 30 plus minutes anymore he's just and you saw that in his game last year and he can i mean obviously the his wins above replacement shows that him coming in for 20 minutes a game is really really helps helps the team yeah, last year his his like um his field goal percentage went up went up from forty four to forty six percent after the trade. Never been a great field goal percentage type no. player. His three point percentage went from thirty four to forty four because he went from shooting four a game to two a game. Yeah. You know, just getting better looks. Um in less minutes. Yeah, and not being you know, his legs are a little fresher. Mm-hmm. Um he's still a good free throw percentage. And all of his his percentages are still you know, not not off. He's not at Mark's never been a great rebounder. Good for um, great, amazing free throw shooter. Yeah, but a really good free throw shooter. And well, the thing that Mark does really well, better than most centers, is passing. Oh yeah. So something crazy last year, um with Memphis, thirty four minutes a game. He averaged just under five assists a game, right? Mm-hmm. He goes to Toronto's playing ten less minutes is still averaging four assists. Yeah, that's crazy. So this guy fits really well in an offense, even if he doesn't have to shoot. And I would I wouldn't. I would. I would say he's probably one of the best 
passing big man of all time. He's oh, probably, he's up there. Yeah, top five at least. Career average is 3.4. That's really high for a center, and, and some of those are skewed by his earlier careers. If you look like 2012 on, he's always right around that four, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, passes well to the post, stretches the floor well. Mark Gasol has had a fantastic career. I think you know Mark is always going to be compared to his brother, and getting that championship will help his legacy. He's not ha- he's not quite the player that Pau Gasol was, but he's he's a you know legitimate. I think he's a Hall of Fame worthy player. Oh yeah, I mean, is it two or just one defensive player year awards? I'm not sure if he won two. I think I think this with the the Spanish gold medal and his Euro League uh, awards. I, I don't know awards, but like achievements, mm-hmm. I think gets him in just based off that. And you know, 11 years in the NBA, 15 points a game, seven rebounds a game, four assists. You know, his field goal percentage. It was a lot higher earlier in his, his career, but as soon as he started stretching the floor out to the three-point shot, he shot a lot of threes. Like and three, when he became games. the focal point of the offense also. Yeah, and, you know, he's averaging, you know, he went from, from shooting like 48% to like 45, 46. And that's one knock on his game, is it? Um, but he's always been asked to do so much for the Grizzlies. Yeah. They've never really had... Besides Mike Conley and even Zebo, you know, Zebo's a, a decent Rudy Gay, yeah, too. that grit and grind era, but... Um, Mark's always been the focal point of that offense. And now that he gets to slide and stay in Toronto where he doesn't have to shoot that much, like the, the parts of Mark's game that are so impressive, like his, you know, his defense ability, his passing. Get to shine. Is outstanding. But yeah, Mark, Mark's obviously, I would say more known for his defense, if anything. And it, it really showed in the playoffs last year. Um, he came in and, had a three plus plus rating in the playoffs compared to the 2.6 he had in the regular season. So really helped them catapult them to a uh, championship status. So alrighty, Mark uh, has some pretty unique nicknames here. La, La Tanqueta. Tanqueta. And so I looked that one up, little tank huh? or small tank or something along those lines. Big Mark, big Spain, big burrito. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard any of those nicknames for him. Yeah. I don't, does, does Spain have burritos? I, don't. I thought it was like a Mexican thing. That but... just seems like that just seems like an out of place stereotype. Yeah. Oh well. Um, next on our list we have Stephen Adams, another uh, foreign player on our list here. Played with the Thunder, coming in a two point eight wins above replacement. Obviously, kind of had a. I, I wouldn't say a down year because I think he was he still had above. I think he still improved his stats, but. Kind of, he was he was hurt. I I think he had, was struggling with uh, injuries. Yeah, he he played still eighty games, but he was a little bit nicked up last year. He, I think, what we saw with Stephen Adams last year was a plateau, mm-hmm. and that's the disappointing part because he took a really really big jump from two thousand. I mean, every year is yeah, every year is uh, wins above replacement have gone up. Yeah, and he took a he took a really big jump from that like two thousand sixteen to two thousand seventeen season statistically. And then last year, like, he just matched it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, like, another level for him. And, and he's only, what, 25, 26, just turned 26. Mm-hmm. So I think people were hoping that he would take another step. But I think we're seeing what Steven Adams is going to be. And that's a respectable NBA player. I mean, he's, what, 3.8 wins above replacement last year. That's, like, good starter stuff. Well, I think another thing is he's never been asked to be take any offensive load. No, and I'm not sure he does have the game to do that. I I've heard he's a good three point shooter. He just never never really shot. Yeah, he's never shot one in his career. Yeah, so 
maybe with with everyone just leaving the Thunder, basically that he he can become the focal point of that of that team. And maybe he only shot ten times a game last year. And maybe he pumps that up to twelve, thirteen, even fifteen a game. And and uh, the, the crazy thing with his his rebounding, he's like one of the best offensive rebounders in the game. Is mm-hmm. five a game. Uh, yeah, more uh, offensive than defensive rebounds. That's crazy. And what and what I think uh, contributes to that is him boxing out for Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what what his rebounding is like since yeah. Westbrook is gone. Yeah, I think I think you're going to see statistically we'll see a jump in him next year. What do you what do you average last year? Like 10, 11? In total rebounds last year was nine and a half. Yeah, so I I I see that going up to at least 10, 11. Yeah, I think so too. He did play 33 minutes, so he's about maxed out at the minutes he can have. Yeah. But Westbrook would kind of hog those rebounds, too. Yeah. So, I mean, he was a, uh, he's a decent defender, I would say. Uh, really good steal. Uh, really good at stealing the ball for a, cent- uh, for a center. Had yeah, a really... Average blocks. You know, stealing half a game is really is a lot for a center. One mm-hmm. block a game. The biggest weakness to his game is his free throws. Yeah. Like so many centers. 50% last year. Yeah. That really hurts. And they had just amazing... Really, it's it's kind of strange. He really turns it up his defense up in the uh, the playoffs. He had four point four plus uh, defensive rating in the playoffs. So, and he's a positive offensive player plus not, plus point one. I mean, so it's not like he's you know we we know what he does. He's he's pretty much a role man. Yeah, and he's a, a put back type of guy. Yeah, uh, evidence to his offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five offensive rebounds. I've never really seen Stephen Adams post up, and I think he he a lot of people say he has an amazing baby hook. So. I don't. I, maybe he does have that, and we just he's never really shown it because yeah, he's always had really talented offensive players on his team. It'd be interesting to see how many touches he gets next year and how mm-hmm. those translate. All so, right, nicknames for Stephen Adams: Big Kiwi, Kiwi Phenom, and Aquaman. I've heard not. I haven't heard Kiwi Phenom, but I've heard Big Kiwi and I've heard Aquaman. So he's from New Zealand too. Aquaman because he looks like Jason Momoa. Yeah, they're both. Uh, well, I, I think. Jason Momoa is Hawaiian, but they're both Pacific Islander type people. So, Brooke Lopez is up next on our list. Had a career resurgent with the Bucks last year, coming at a two point eight wins above replacement, which really surprised. Oh well, that's for projected. So he, I think he actually did have a way better one, seven point four last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like what in the world? Yeah. And I think Carmelo Systems looking at this and saying like, "There's just no way he can do this again." And yeah, if I, you look at Brooke Lopez's career, I mean, Brooke's always been a good offensive player. Yeah. Like, we know Brooke Lopez can score. We And it's been over-talked about how bad a rebounder he is. We know that, too. But the thing that he added last... I mean, he's been shooting threes the last couple years. But last year, it just took, like, a ridiculous step. Yeah, Bud's just, like, fire away. So he went from... Um, in 2016-2017, he shot forty or 34%, which is, like you know, an average three point shooter, but last year nearly 37%. Like that's a big jump. And he was shooting six and a half a game stretching that floor for that Bucks team. Like, you know, like no other big in the league. He, he shot six and a half threes per game in only 28 minutes. That's crazy. What was his percentage on his three pointers? 37. That's yeah. Yeah. Wow. That for, for 36 and a half, 30, 37%. And a really, really good free throw shooter too. Yeah. Brooke can, I mean, his, his shot is, He's always had a really good shot. He had a lot of like turnaround, like mid range jumpers when he was, you know, kind of with the Brooklyn days. And then he just opened up that three point line uh, his last year with the Nets. And 
that's going to really help him as he gets to the, you know, he's going to be 33 or 32 this year. So, and he, and he just, I, I don't know what, if it was Bud's system, but he just took a huge leap defensively yep. last year. That's uh, what jumped his war to like, you know, because I think in 2000, what, 2018, it was like 1.3, 2017 was three, and last year was like seven. Yeah. And that's because his defensive plus minus was plus 3.6. Yeah, it's just crazy. And, and, the, and even in the playoffs, it was even better at 5.2. So we well, averaged 2.2 blocks a game Yeah, in only 28 minutes. It's crazy for, yeah, he's, I, he's never really been a defensive stalwart, but this, mm-hmm. like, something just clicked with him last year. I don't know. He's always kind of got at least 1.7 blocks per game, but something about his overall defensive game just clicked last year. It's probably something to do with the change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke Lopez is such a unique player because yeah. three and D. Yeah, he's like a three and D guy that can't rebound. Like he he's protects the rim well, but his rebound rate's like one of the worst of starting centers. I don't he's such a unique guy, but um he was really, really good for the Bucks team last year. So um the the system has him coming back down to kind of his career average, which is right around three, which is still a really good starter. And it's Really, actually, pretty decent for how old he is. He's going to be thirty-one this this season. So, yeah, and he just resigned with the um, with the Bucks. They chose to resign him over Brogdon, essentially, because mm-hmm. um, he got paid four years, fifty-two. Yeah, and just you can't really you can't really find a center like Brook Lopez, but you can you can make up Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, I think more easier. So yeah, he just fits. They got some like some comparisons for him. I don't know if you remember like Zadunas Agauskas. That's a good comparison. And Memetto Kerr, former Utah guy. Yeah, center. he's like a Memetto Kerr on steroids. Yeah, he stretches that floor, good rim to protect. It's kind of a rare. Uh, Channing Fry is another comp. He's a way better defender than Channing Fry. Yeah. And uh, nicknames we have are probably the most well-known one. I th- I think one of the most popular nicknames last year was Splash Mountain, which uh-huh. I think is so awesome. Yeah, because he's a seven-foot-one guy that's shooting 37%. Yeah, and then Bropez, but... Never really heard that one. I think that's I think that's what they call like the brother. Yeah. And next on our list we have here Miles Turner with the Indiana Pacers coming out of three point one wins above replacement. Miles Turner actually had a great year last year. Really actually kind of started figuring out figuring himself out. Um, three wins above replacement last year for Miles Turner. Still has some offensive inefficiencies, which that's going to be like the next step for him is. He's only 23, but defensively last year, plus 4.3 defensive plus minus last year. I think he, yeah, he, I don't know if he was voted. I don't know where he ranked for defensive player of the year voting last year, but he deserved to be up there. Yeah. Offensively, the one thing, he's not very efficient. You know, he only shot 48% at the center spot. Um, That's not great. But the one thing that is promising is his three shot is really pretty solid. Yeah. He shot... Uh, two point six threes a game at thirty eight percent. Yeah, and really good free throw shooter shot. Yeah, so his it's not like he's guy can't shoot the ball. He just got to figure out where his shot needs to come from. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's something that you can kind of expect out of a twenty three year old. This guy's the limit for Miles Turner. He's got to stay on the court. Last year seventy four games. That's decent. Year before only sixty two. Yeah, and obviously had a down year after signing that contract, and people were like, "Oh, that's such a terrible contract" because he had a really good rookie year. Mm-hmm. And obviously stepped it up this year. I think it was after Victor Oladipo went down, he he really stepped it up. And yeah, and they're gonna they're that team's getting they lost Bogdanovich too, so they have to have offensive growth from Turner. Yeah, 
I mean, at least more more volume from the three point range with him. Yeah, and he's capable. I mean, he really is. And they're going to be he's going to be playing with a, a different power forward this year, um, who doesn't quite have the range. So I, I could expect Miles Turner to stretch it a little bit. Um, but yeah, you're, like you're right. He's played for you know four years, eighty million dollars. He's he's paid like a, a quality big, and he is. We're I think he's uh, like our number twelve ranked center here. So, and if um, he improves more than of what he did at the bad second half of the season, I mean that contract's going to start looking like a steal. Yeah, he two point seven blocks a game last year. Yeah, that, that was close to lead leaguing. I think it would have been higher if he uh, didn't kind of suck at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he only played twenty eight minutes. Yeah, and that's I mean. Twenty eight minutes is is still quite a few, but this guy's capable of playing thirty, thirty three. It's just about, you know, can he be efficient? Um he foul trouble's sometimes an issue with Miles Turner, although last year he did improve mm-hmm. on that. Um but his three point shots is good. He's just gotta get a little more efficient um overall in his shoots his shot selection. So but defensively, Miles Turner's uh you know, one of the better defensive centers in the league. It's just like we like we've been saying all podcast. Defense doesn't carry centers quite as far. You yeah. know, like if he was a point guard in this good de- hit defense, he'd be like number three. Yeah, because there's not many star centers. So, I mean, if he was a wing player, like how that guy Roberson from Thunder, like we did uh, two podcasts ago, he was in the top 10 because of his defense. Yeah. There's just top 15, but yeah, there's just not nearly as many wings or guards that are as effective defensively as, as there are big men. Mm-hmm. And a good, a uh, good comparison I saw on here, uh, 2013 Sergey Ibaka, which is actually, I think a pretty good, yeah, good comparison of him. Yeah. And that's similar. Sergey kind of add that three point shot a little bit after that too. So mm-hmm. if, if Turner can add that and he's got a bright career ahead of him for sure. Yeah. Uh, nickname on here we have is Samurai Miles. I never really heard him called that, but yeah, I actually I, I put that in here, and then I, I had to read up on it. And apparently, it's just because of the way he wears his hair, and it's actually pretty popular among the Pacers fan base. Like the this kind of the Did downside of Miles Turner is that he plays for the Pacers, so they don't get a lot of national attention. But yeah, he wears like he has dreads, but he wears them up on the top of his head with a headband so he kind of looks like a traditional samurai yeah i guess that's where he got the name i don't know kind of unique yeah i thought it was maybe because he wore that new style of headband that darren fox wears where it's kind of like a ninja looking thing that might be part of it too where it's like tied off yeah Alrighty. uh next on our list is clint capella with the houston rockets coming in at 3.2 similar uh player to miles turner obviously can't shoot threes but rim running big that can block shots rebound well Really, uh, just fits fits that Rocket team really well. I would say, yeah, he does, and he got paid like it too. Five years, ninety million two years ago, um, he did he did regress some last year. Some of that is, um, you know, he, he had a really good two thousand eighteen, yeah, five season, five wins above replacement. Yeah, so that might be a little unsustainable. They paid him like it too, so that's that's some of it is that. He only played 67 games. So his war reflects that some. You know, mm-hmm. you just, like I said, you don't get wins if you're not on the court. He played 33 minutes a game last year. And statistically, he didn't he didn't get worse in very many areas. He just wasn't on the court very much. So yeah. um his free throw percentage went up quite a bit last year from 56% two years ago to 63. 
if he can hold mid 60s or even get a little bit higher, that helps his efficiency some because he actually gets the line four times a game. Oh, yeah. A lot of that's because he's so quick. I think people struggle to keep up with him. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it is how much pick and roll he runs with James Harden. Yeah. So it, when he's rolling the basket with the ball in his hand, he's, he's going to go to the line. Yeah, and he's going to continue to play that, yeah. that role. Um, defensively, last two years ago, plus 3.2. Last year, just plus 2.2. So slipped some there. He's actually a positive offensive player. So a lot of these centers that are like him don't have a positive offensive rating. He is. And a part of it's because, you know, he shoots 65%. He's incredible. Like one of them, he's going to be up there lead leading in, in field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. And averaged 16 points a game last year. So, yeah. And he's a young guy. He's yeah. only 20. He just turned 25. Yeah. He's yeah relatively young. Uh, nickname for Clint Capella we have here is Swiss Bank. He's obviously from Switzerland. Um, I don't. Swiss Bank, I guess. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Haven't heard it. So, no. it's probably not used very often. Yeah. Sometimes they kind of stretch for these nicknames. Yeah. Next on our list will probably surprise people. Um, the guy I'm really high on is Mitchell Robinson with the Knicks was a second round pick last year. Just a monster, monster defensive player, but yeah, can't, can't stay out of foul trouble. But when he, that's he, the problem with him. Yeah. And, and a lot of it has to do with him biting on pump fakes. I think if he, uh, if he can control that and um, be more grounded when it comes to that kind of a uh, kind of thing, I think he just, man, he is, I don't know. He, I mean, obviously DeAndre Hunter, uh, DeAndre Jordan's going to be the comparison to him, but I feel like Mitchell Robinson probably just going to be a way. I, I bet he he's a better defensive player. I think if he can keep that up. Yeah, I I'm really high on Mitchell Robinson too. Like like you said, and we um, two point four wins above replacement as a rookie. Yeah, that's impressive. Playing like fifteen to twenty minutes a game. Yeah, like, he only he only played twenty twenty you know twenty. One minutes a game last with Fisdale's rotations, like he barely played at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's the the thing you get in him is he's ultra efficient offensively, nearly seventy percent field goal, oh, and God. part of that's because he only does one. He's a at the rim only. Yeah, um, he's a good rebounder too. But yeah, his his rebound rates are good. His he's a fantastic shot blocker, and that's what he brings. That's his biggest asset. But like Gage was saying, foul trouble is a problem with Mitchell Robinson, mm-hmm. and his. His war next year will only go so far as his minutes will allow him. One reason he only played twenty is because he's in foul trouble a lot, and we see that with shot blockers. They they want to block the ball, mm-hmm. uh, and they, it takes time to learn that. But um, he's got to get like a lot of centers. He's not a great free th- uh, free throw shooter. His offensive game is pretty much at the rim only. But um, he's one of the best shot blockers in the league and he's also pretty good at steals too nearly one per game in only 20 minutes that's yeah that's crazy what do you average like 2.2 blocks 2.4 and in 20 minutes yeah 2.4 in 20 minutes a game that's like three blocks per 36 minutes yeah that's um that's nutty man that's that's going to be like lead leading league leading that's 4.3 blocks per 36 Three plus three point three on the defensive end last year as a rookie. That's as a rookie. Yeah, a second round pick. Yeah, and Carmelo, uh, the Carmelo system hasn't projected as a future All Star. So, and I think they're probably out on that. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of hype surrounding Mitchell Robinson. Actually, obviously had a really good summer league. I think he averaged fifteen, eleven, and three point three blocks. With only- he's the best player on the Knicks team. Yeah. Future, you know, Julius Randle's a better player than he is probably right now, but uh, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Julius Randle's got some defensive If Mitchell Robinson can, can play 25 minutes, a steady 25 minutes, and kind of keep his fouls under around three to four a game, yeah, you're yeah you're looking at just some oh, man potential there. Better Rudy Gobert, I would say. Yeah, he he could be. He's going to be him along with R.J. Barrett, and if he can ever get anything out of Fort Knox, the uh, the war killer, yeah, Kevin Knox, then uh, they've got some young pieces. He they should be really excited about what they got from Mitchell. And to his benefit, because he was a second round pick, like we were talking about, he's going to be up for some money after this year. Oh yeah, that's right. So he can get paid after this. So he's going to be you What's, know what they have projected. Uh, oh, they have him as a max contract, which. I wouldn't be, wouldn't, I, I think he probably won't get that. I don't think he probably gets like a Clint Capella contract. Yeah. But I wouldn't put it past the Knicks and give him a max contract. No. Then if he has a good year this year, you got to hold on to him. Yeah. Uh, Nicknames for Mitchell Robinson are block nest monster, which is kind of cool. And Robinson never, I haven't heard those, but block nest monster is kind of cool. Robinson just makes sense because that's pretty much his game at the rim. Uh, Next on our list, we have Derek Favors. I, was he he signed with the Pelicans, right? Yep, signed with the Pelicans yep. and last year was kind of a cog in that that's a Utah defense. And he'll uh he'll start for this Pelicans because they um that center, that rookie center they have, I don't think he's really ready to start. No, Hayes, no. Yeah, so he's gonna he came in at three point four last um they have him come in at three point four next year, which I think is reasonable. Derek Favors always been just a really above average kind of center I, he's, yeah he's not like fantastic last year he was really good like six wins above replacement yeah which is like he's a really good player all-star guy but his career you know kind of like that 2.7 3.5 area he's a really good defender and he last year last year he took a really big step defensively listen oh, to coming this. off the bench he, yeah he came off the bench and started some power forward but they did have, play him as a backup center a lot i think he, yeah he's too i think his game is just too too, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking Offensive for. game is limited. Center is she? He's too center she to play yeah. out for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to say it. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, he, six, point, six point wins above replacement last year. That's crazy as a backup, basically. Yeah. He So last year, last year, um, he started quite a few games, but he would stagger with, with, um, Gobert. Gobert a lot. Yeah. Like, he started 70, but he didn't play with Gobert that much. No. Like, they staggered him. They played Crowder um, uh, a lot more in, in that with Gobert than would bring favors. He only played 23 minutes a game last year. That's crazy. So, think about think about this, guys. Adding six wins to your team over a replacement level player playing only 20-someone minutes. And you want to hear the most craziest stat about Derek Favors that people don't realize? Nine, plus 9.3 dif- defensive win shares in the playoffs last year that's ridiculous plus minus of 9.3 so and like, like we <laughs> that's just actually crazy because the average center is 1.3 yeah so you're saving your team eight points a game over replacement level yeah that's just nutty he does he didn't get the recognition because he played with such a good defensive center and go bear um but he's a legitimate center and he's gonna slide into the starting center role for the pelicans and I really wanted the celtics to get him so yeah, yeah he's like the opposite player of what they got. <laughs> they, got <laughs> they went offensive. Yeah. But he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't doesn't shoot the three at least, at very much at all. He shot one a game last year at like 21%. Um, good field goal percentage, mostly at the rim, put back type of guy. The total rebounding seven a game with only 23 minutes. So that's pretty solid too. His his rebound percentage is, is um, 16%. So 
Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, nickname for Derek Favors is Fave. I don't know. It's kind of boring, but what? oh well. Uh, next on our list, we have Andre Drummond with the Pistons coming in at a three point four. Piston. Uh, Andre Drummond's kind of a, a weird case of a player because he's he just has these weird up and down years. Yeah, he does. Like last year or a year ago or when he averaged like almost three assists a game and he's down to like one assist and then now he's like one of the best defensive players in the league and then he's not. It's like, <laughs> and then he's shooting, shot 30% and then he's shooting 60% from free throw range. I mean, he just, I think it's effort, but I, I don't, I really don't know. Well, yeah, he did have that weird like two years ago where he had like three assists a game. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then last year he's down to like 1.4 and Blake Griffin's assist numbers are up. Yeah. So I think I know they did change coaches to like Van Gundy allowed him to run a little, you know, the offense a little bit more. And then um, their new coach, um, uh, what's his name? Dwayne Casey wanted uh, Blake Griffin to pretty much run that run that part. So Mm -hmm. his assist numbers dropped. He is a counting stats machine. Drummond oh, is. Yeah, I mean, he's a top 10 fantasy player. Yeah, it's because he's averaging, <laughs> you know, 17 points a game with 16 rebounds. I mean, he's, he's going to lead the league in rebounds almost every he's year. Probably, I mean, I know he holds the record for rebounding percentage. He's probably, I would say, top five. I mean, excluding the guys from the older era who would average like 20 rebounds a game, he's probably right behind Dennis Rodman as the best rebounder of all time. Yeah, and he's, it's not like he's a huge guy. No. He's actually pretty small. He's listed at 6'11. He's probably a little bit shorter than that. Um, but he's really athletic. Yeah. But he's actually not a fantastic a fantastic defender. He does get blocks. Some, you know, he's 1.7. Above average, but yeah, he's not amazing. Counting stats wise, he's it would seem like he's good, but when you go to more deeper analytics, he's just above average. Yeah, he just and that's and that's one thing that the reason he's so far on this so high up on this list is a, a couple things. First of all, his assist rate's still not bad at 1.5. It's not not horrible, um, but he's the best rerouter in the game, mm-hmm. and he's an efficient offensive player. You know, he he's a rim runner, lob guy. Seventeen points a game on on only thirteen attempts. So, the biggest thing for him, and the reason we're even talking about him up here, is that he brought that free throw percentage from thirty eight to to sixty. Yeah, sixty's like okay, we can deal with this. He was better last year at free throw shooting, right? Yeah, so last two years he's been so so. 2017, 60%. Last year, 59. 2016, 38. Yeah, so he obviously had a huge jump with his free throw percentage. And that's huge for him. Yeah. But yeah, Andre Andre just... I, I, I'm i a big fan of uh, big men and just him just being that kind of rebounder in this day and age, which is really hard to do. It's just... I, I, it's one of my... Rebounding is probably one of my favorite stats, so I, I, like, yeah. I like looking at his stat lines. Um. Next on our list is uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, I'm sorry. Andre Drummond's nickname is Big Penguin. It was a nickname given to him by Greg Monroe when he said his favorite movie was Happy Feet in his rookie year interview. So, and I, I just wanted to explain something really quick. I realize we've been talking a little bit about rebounding percentage. Mm-hmm. Rebounding percentage is just a calculation of how many rebounds a player gets compared to how many are available. Mm-hmm. So, like Drummond, you know, getting what 26 percent of the available rebounds so you think about like an, an average player should be getting what 20 percent of those five divide 100 percent divided by five starters you know what i mean so yeah that's where we talk about rebounding percentage just how many he's getting yeah 26 so. percent, which is just insane yeah. 
next on our list is Demarcus Cousins. Just signed that veteran minimum with the Lakers. Obviously, trying to find his find that big contract and kind of a bounce back year after tearing his Achilles. It showed uh, was really kind of he showed like. I don't know how to explain it. So he looked like he was getting back to himself, like really at the end of the year with the, mm-hmm. the Warriors, then had that quad, that quad torn quad and kind of just sputtered in the finals. But then like, I think the last game he like really showed up. So maybe he's fully healthy. He has a an off season to just kind of get healthy. And I don't, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, man, it just, it's kind of sad to see he went yeah, from being, is. 28 12 and 5 to kind of just a veteran minimum guy now it's like wow yeah and i think a lot of the stig i I know that he's had a stigma with him for some time i think some of that's going away a lot it's just man this guy can't stay healthy Mm -hmm. and i was reading an article about players coming back from achilles and and how they perform and you know obviously there's a large portion that don't ever come back um but if they do come back it's typically around like year, like two years removed from the injury. So if he holds true to that pattern about midway through this season, we should start to see what he's going to be. Yeah. So DeMarcus, I mean, an Achilles injury is the worst, probably the worst injury you can get as an NBA player right now. Yeah. I think it's up there. Yeah. I know. I think it's the worst. obviously there's some ridiculous, but of common injuries, like you don't want an Achilles. Yeah. I think the best example of a player coming back from Achilles in modern day NBA is probably Rudy Gay. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously came back and been a productive player for the Spurs, but in his game changed quite a bit afterwards. Too. Yeah. And you don't, you don't really see a lot of success stories with Achilles injuries. I mean, the the only one really back in the eighties and nineties, um, is, uh, Dominique, uh, Wilkins. And he was, he was okay after his Achilles injury, but it's just, it's not a, you can't, it's not, it's not great. No. And I think one thing DeMarcus has going for him, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about this a little bit. It's, you know, a lot of times with these, you know, super athletic players, you get an injury like this and it's like, they're done. DeMarcus is not an athletic player. No. He's a below the rim guy. He's he's just really skilled. He has good ball handling. He's a great passer for a big. Mm. He's actually a, a pretty good rim protector for being uh, a below the rim guy, but he's not a highlight dunker. So he doesn't really need he doesn't rely on his athleticism, but when you watched him with the Warriors last year, you his offensive game was what really killed him. His mm. defensive was game was actually okay and his stats show that too but like in the playoffs he was minus uh minus six plus minus offensively it's just like really not fitting very well some of it is he lost his his three-point shot was not very good last year he only shot 27 percent. some of that's probably just a rhythm thing some of that is not having the legs especially late in the game Mm -hmm. um his field goal percentage is 48 which is right around his career so that's not you know a big concern still a good free throw shooter he didn't shoot the three very well and that's a big part of his game yeah and i i hope i hope demarcus can come back he's obviously not going to really be relied upon to carry the offensive load with the lakers this year and he wasn't really last year for the warriors but hopefully i mean what would you expect him to really average with this lakers team i I would think he maybe like 15 and 10 i think he should i think DeMarcus is fully capable of putting up 16, 17 points a game. I really think he is. Mm-hmm. It's just about the Lakers have a lot of people that 
you know, at the forward spot that deserves shots. So he has to be efficient to get them. Yeah. You know, if he's shooting, if he's shooting three threes a game and shooting 27% like he did last year, that's going to be a problem. And we don't even know if he starts. We just assume he would. Yeah. We, you know, there's been some talk about having DeMarcus come in the second unit and have JaVale McGee start. He's just the best player there. So I'd assume he starts and he has a chemistry with Davis. Yeah. DeMarcus doesn't have to shoot a lot to be a really effective player because he's such a good passer. He's a great screen setter. Mm. He's a good, good defender. Not great. Um, and he, you know, he has a, a wide variety of awesome abilities. It's just about how many shots you're going to have to have this guy take. It's sad to see because, you know, I, I've always liked DeMarcus cousins. He, he doesn't have a great, uh, uh, rep, um, history in some areas outside of basketball but man the guys his stats are crazy yeah and he has kind of a dying skill set with nba big men just like more of a traditional post player and you don't really see that with players these days so yeah he was you know back to basket plus threes mm-hmm. but he's not like the a lot of these centers as we, especially as we get down the rankings are like these high fly you know you see a lot of these really athletic guys um, like drummond and, and those people but um now, DeMarcus is, he's, he's not very quick, never has been. Yeah. Um, nicknames for DeMarcus, obviously Boogie. I, th- I think he's probably more well-known as Boogie Cousins instead of DeMarcus, but, you know. Uh, DMC, obviously for DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, and then Coos. Cuz, I guess. Cuz, yeah. So Boogie's a, I had to look up Boogie because I've always called him Boogie Cousins. Um, And Boogie just came from a college coach saying he, like, boogied like a guard. Like, yeah. he had good guard skills. Yeah. Um, oh, we forgot uh, Drummond's nickname. Quick. Yeah, our, I said he, our, he... Oh, yeah, Big Penguin. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting story with that, too. Yeah, I don't, that's a weird nickname, but... Uh, but, yeah, Boogie, hopefully uh, rooting for you. Kind of come back and actually have a good year this year. So. He looks really trim. Yeah. Like, in some of his, his introductory conferences, he looks like he's dropped, like, 10, 15 pounds. Which would be good, because, I mean, he, it's hard to be that heavy on a torn Achilles. Yeah, and that's, I think, part of what led to his quad injury, too. Mm-hmm. He can't, he's got to he's gotta stay pretty trim. I mean, he's... Can't have a torn Achilles weighing 290. Yeah, they have him listed at 270. I bet he was at least that last year. Mm-hmm. He looked he looked out of shape. Yeah. But if he comes in at, like, 260, it's going to bode well for his legs. Yeah. And uh, next on our list, we have Rudy Gobert coming in at 6.7 wins above replacement. Obviously, Rudy's a two-time decent defensive player of the year. I think you skipped Vucevic. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we I skipped Vucevic. It's, it's not easy to do. He's sitting down there in Orlando. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is next on our list. Obviously, had a breakout year last year. Um, he kind of was. It was kind of. I would say he was a good starter, but like not nothing to write home about mm-hmm. his whole career. And then kind of just had a. I mean, he's in his prime. He's twenty eight, so I would expect him to make that a jump. Co- yeah, that coaching change was the coaching was huge. Change? Is huge for him. Yeah, just let him really open up his game. Um, started taking more threes. I think. Yeah, right? and two years ago he shot. Uh, you know, three and a half threes, but he's only shooting thirty-one percent. Last year, he shot three threes at thirty-six. Yeah, that's big. His field goal percentage went from forty-seven percent to fifty-one in this new offense. That's so, yeah, that's huge. Just getting easier looks, better looks, really helped him. He's always been a really, really good rebounder. You know, for someone that's not a great athlete, he's just got a knack for it. Um, 
He's listed at seven foot. He's probably a little bit shorter than seven foot. Yeah, he and he had a he had a wins above replacement at six point three. So all star level. Yeah, he had, they had him coming down um, a little bit this year, but even four point eight is. I mean, it's still you're talking about our, what our number fifth ranked center here. Yeah, and a really good passer. Also, I think he averaged what three year three three assists. Last yeah, year? Oh, nearly four assists a game oh, last really? year. Wow, uh, and one steal a game, one block a game too. Yeah, he played thirty one minutes, which you know for a big that's that's. No, he was actually a, a plus three point five on the defensive end last year. So no, no scrub when it comes to defense. Yeah, he's picking up those steals, picking up those those blocks at a decent rate too. So yeah. that was one thing that he's uh, the year before that he was a one point four. So he took a big defensive leap. Mm-hmm. Now offensively, like we said, he just was more efficient. So yeah, and that he, showed because he was a zero uh, offensive rating. Than, Jumped up to two two point six, so he took that jump. Yeah, and, and it showed in his stats. Oh yeah, and you, you could see that it's not you know his he scored still sixteen points a game in two thousand seventeen. He just wasn't very efficient doing it. Mm-hmm. So new offense, new coach really helped him out, and you know, all-star, I think first all star too. Yeah, it's an all star. They made the playoffs. Vucevic is one of those guys that you you know a casual NBA fan probably does no idea who he is. Yeah, and. That's why we like doing these rankings, because like, hey, this guy's the number five center, you know. Yeah, not a lot of people know him about him, so. But you should if you're uh, if you're an NBA fan, go go watch some some videos of Nikola Vucevic and watch a Magic game here and there. Yeah, nicknames are Vooch. I've, I've heard that one, and then Nick. I I don't know, short for yeah. Nick, Nicola. So, uh, next we um we get to Rudy Gobert wins above placement six point seven. Obviously, just one of the best rim defenders in the league probably the best rim defender yeah in i'd the say league. so uh just not a, not a whole lot to say about rudy gobert to be honest just a really amazing defender um can't really shoot free throws a good good rebounder which i would hope because he's seven three but <laughs> yeah listen at seven one it's like no way yeah he's 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 huge yeah he's really lanky which really surprised me because he's so skinny but he's actually a, a really good rebounder so yeah and Rudy Gobert last year took a big step offensively. Um, not that like he's adding a whole lot to his game. It just wasn't a negative. But but he wasn't a negative offensive player last year. First of all, he shot. First of all, he shot sixty-seven percent. So yeah. right up there, league up league his leading. free throw percentage also. Yeah, and he shot sixty-seven percent from from uh, or sixty-three percent from free throw too, which is not like you know end of the world you know his, his rookie year he shot 49 percent. so and he had a his wins above replacement was even better last year it was 8.6 yeah 8.6 is like two years ago is 9.1 an all-star level and he deserved he deserves all-star um because he was 13 all defense or mm-hmm. all nba wasn't he yeah he was yeah so and i mean even in 2017 he was a 9.1 which shows that a guy with really no offensive game just control uh, to give you nine wins just from defense alone which is crazy and it's crazy because we talk about how we, like we said we talked earlier about how it's hard to carry yourself as a defensive center in this league because it's it's done often but he's like a step above you know like his plus minus 5.4 last year defensively like mm-hmm. just league leading plus minus as a center and you can see the progression of his offensive game with his uh, defensive pl- uh, defensive plus rating in 2017, he was a 6.3, and then it went down to a 5.1, and it was back up to 5.4. But obviously, you can see that trend because his points are going up, and he's asked more to do like pick and roll and mm-hmm. doing put getting putbacks and just more 
more offensive game, so is he's not focused so much on defense, but he's still just I mean, defense player of the year is still one of the best defense players in the league. So Yeah, and he's still relatively young too. He's he's just turned twenty seven. Yeah, which is crazy. So we might even see a better Rudy O'Gobert. Obviously, um this this past year was actually one of his first healthy seasons, which yeah. is hopefully we can see another healthy season from him uh last or was it did he was he I think yeah, he two years ago he only played fifty six. Yeah. And uh, three three years ago he played eighty one, but the year before that sixty one. So it's like half of his seasons he's been missing. Yeah, missing nagging injuries. Time. So yeah, I'd like to see him stay healthier. And and they, the it looks like the Carmelo system projecting him to miss some time too because that's his wins above replacement drops off. Um, you know, in two thousand seventeen when he played fifty six games, his wins above replacement was six point four. Mm-hmm. Last year it was eight point six because he played twenty more games. Yeah. They project him to go somewhere around six point seven seven, you know, in that area. It's like, yeah, he's probably going to miss fifteen. Yeah, they expect him to probably play around sixty to seventy games. So, and that's, I mean, that's what it, we've seen in a career for him. So, and probably the best nickname on this whole list, in my opinion, uh, it's yeah. probably one A two B with Splash Mountain, but the Stifle Tower. Obviously, he's French. Um, yeah, coming, it's a, a play off the name of uh, Eiffel Tower, and it just. I, that's such a great name. That's a great nickname. Yeah. And then he has a French rejection, which is kind of cool. And then Gobert report and then Godzilla. Yeah. So. I think Stifle Towers used a lot with him. Oh, yeah. All right. Next on this list is uh, number three. We have Carl Anthony Towns at a 7.6 wins above replacement. Carl Anthony Towns is man, uh, watching him in that preseason game that we went to uh, when he played against the Bucks. He just, my God, he's such an amazing offensive player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. It, it's I I didn't believe you when you told me how good he was offensively. It's it's because I had saw him just the year before that too, and it's like seeing it in person is just a whole nother. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's oh man, I just there's nothing this guy doesn't have offensively. There, literally, there's nothing this guy. I mean, last year, li- listen to this, this is just absurd. So last year he shot four point six threes a game, forty <laughs> percent. <laughs> like and his field goal percentage 51 percent he's shooting 17 times a game Damn, free throw percentage 84 percent just ultra efficient player for how much he's asked to do in that offense the the only knock on town and the only reason towns isn't you know he's number three on our list the only reason he's not number one because offensively like he's probably he is the best offensive player i think out here i joke is a very good offensive player too but. and Embiid. Embiid is too, but I think Towns' overall offensive game is probably better than them. I mean, he can't shoot forty percent from scoring three. wise. Yeah, I would probably give it to Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and his assist three point four assists per game is no no joke. Oh either. yeah, he's a really good passer too. It's just the the knock on Towns and uh, is his defense, and he's a really poor defender. In two thousand seventeen and eighteen, he was less than replacement level. Last year, he got right to one point three. So it's he's improving, which gives you some room for optimism, but he just doesn't get that into the court. He's only 20, what, 23 years old. That's crazy. Not even 24 yet. He was drafted in 2015. Yeah. So we could see better from him. He gets like a one and a half blocks a game. So his counting stats are okay, but he just isn't a very good defender. He doesn't seem to really get it on that end of the fort. Some of that's probably because he's shooting, he gets a lot of counting stats with blocks, but I, he does. I, but when it comes to overall defense, he's just not yeah. great. And which is weird because, like, you know, the coach he had was known for his defense, but I think 
a change of scenery from his coach mm. should help him some too. Yeah. I don't think that players I don't think that the young players on the team responded well to Tibbs. No, no. So, you know, if um if the new coach can get some more out of him um, from the defensive end, Carl Anthony Towns is going to take just that that another step cuz you don't I mean, obviously the Wolves weren't, in, you know, weren't in the playoffs last year, so you didn't hear that much about him. But mm-hmm. he had, you know, seven point four wins above replacement, and they project him to improve even on that from seven to seven point six. Yeah, and this is like one of the first instances I've seen on this Carmelo system where they, where a guy is this high of a wins above replacement, they project him to even be better. Yeah, I think that just shows you like what we expect from a young player. And in the in the theme of the like the Carmelo system, when you look at these players, they they have these amazing years and they kind of the Carmelo system brings down to the earth, but Carl Anthony Towns, it's like, I think in his, they haven't projected the 2021 season as an 8.5, which is like MVP level. Yeah. I just think Carl Anthony Towns, we've seen, we've seen enough consistency out of him, you know, 2018, 7.1, 2019, 7.4. It's like, this is what this guy is. Mm -hmm. And they have him not dipping below seven wins above replacement until like 2025 season. Yeah. So for the next, you know, his prime, the next five six years they have not yeah uh, all nba player and that's all based off off his offense too because they don't project him they project him to get slightly better at defense which like we just talked about he should because he already did take some leaps but in in his short 2018 playoff stint his defensive plus minus was good i just think he's asked to do so much offensively he doesn't his level of effort on the defensive end isn't quite there hopefully ryan saunders can push that out of him yeah and one of the craziest players that they have him compared to here is Shaquille O'Neal in uh, 1996, which would be his Shaq's fourth year mm-hmm. with uh, the Magic. So, because Shaq was just ridiculous. Obviously, he's not shooting threes like Towns is, but yeah, it's all about you know how good of an offensive player Shaq was. Yeah, um, Nowitzki is another comparison I like. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Uh, nicknames for Carl Anthony Towns is Special K. I've heard that one, and Cat is probably the, his most well-known name. Yeah, so, his initials. Yeah. Uh, next on our list, we have Joel Embiid coming at an 8.1. And I think he could be higher if he's healthy or in shape, I would say. like That's a concern with him. Yeah. I, I mean, if Joel can play 80 games, I think he could be almost a 10-war 10, 10 player. He could be like one of the top two or three players in the league yeah and i mean his first healthy year as an nba player he came in with a 6.8 war which is crazy and we say healthy at like 64 games yeah and, and that's like and that's but it's crazy to think someone's gonna get seven wins above replacement only playing three-fourths of the games in the season yeah and that that year he was load managed in uh 2018 he had a 6.8 which is crazy because he only played 60 and then like even his rookie year when he only played like 20 games, he had a 1.8, which is just crazy. Yeah, this guy's legitimate. I think it's really close between him and our number one guy. Mm-hmm. His health is what sets them apart. Yeah. he Joel Embiid's overall game is really, really well-rounded. The only thing, the only knock, oh, there's two knocks. First is health. The second knock on his game is his three-point three shooting. Joel Embiid... I think he falls in love with the three-point shot a little bit too much. He shot four game at only 30% last year. Mm-hmm. I like to see players like him shooting three, and as a rookie, he shot 36%, but only shot three attempts a game. I think sometimes he gets tired of getting beat up down there. He stretches it out a little bit too much, 
and you know that team needed some shooting last mm-hmm. year too. Hopefully, if Al Horford pulls out more, and B can focus on playing lower more often, he takes even. I mean, his his field goal percentage at forty eight percent's a little low yeah. for for how skilled this guy is. He just needs to work on that shot selection some, but it's crazy. He's averaging twenty seven points a game, you know, and he's still you know he's shooting you know, 18, 19 times a game at 48%. Yeah, it's and another thing that a lot of people don't see or and if they don't really look into is uh, Joel's biggest knock on him is his diet and his conditioning, mm-hmm. which kills him every, t- every time they go to the playoffs. In the past few years, his conditioning has just been garbage. And you can tell, I think he even posts on Instagram, the dude eats just like garbage. Mm-hmm. And for an NBA player, you can't drink a two-liter of Coke. Like, you're, it just kills your body. Yeah, and his playoffs last year were not very good. Defensively, he was good, but offensively, only, a, I mean, plus .5. Yeah. Offensive plus .5. Either right. It's just, Joel Embiid is one of those guys that seems like He's in really good the shape. sky's the limit for oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't figured it out. It's like, are you going to turn into Anthony Davis? Right? I mean, can you yeah. be that type of type of player because he's skilled enough to do it you know are you going to be a guy like Dwight Howard who just doesn't ever figure it out Mm -hmm. and obviously Joel will be just I mean it's way superior offense player than Dwight Howard but yeah but Dwight Howard is one of those guys it's like he just never seemed to take the you know obviously a really good player Mm -hmm. but that potential was always so high with him but his the way he handled the game limited him yeah and you're right Joel Embiid listed at 250 no no he probably I would like to see him come into the season twenty pounds lighter. Yeah, because I bet he's I bet he's he's listed two fifty. I bet he's pushing two seventy five. Oh yeah. Uh, nah, nicknames for Dwell and Bead are JoJo, which I've actually heard in uh, the process, which I've heard. So his nicknames are pretty well known. I think. Yeah, the process is you know that whole seventy sixers process kind of synonymous with him. He's like the he's really the only guy from that era that's still there. Yeah. It, I think he's the last player that Hinky drafted. Yeah, it's like Nerlens Noel's gone, Okafor's gone, you know, yeah. Fultz. Michael Carter Jr. Sarich. Yeah. All righty. Uh, next on our list, um, should be some surprise because first team all offense, or all offense, first team all NBA, and made it to, almost made it to the Western Conference Finals is Nikola Yo- Yo- Jokic? Yeah, Jokic. Jokic. I've heard Jokic, but I don't know. <laughs> Um, we called him the Joker. Yeah, the Joker. Uh, came in at a 9.5, which is just oh, just insane. This guy is probably, besides maybe, uh, what's that guy, that European player, I, I, I think Nicola is probably the best passing big man of all time. Yeah, if it's not, I mean, like, Marcus Gasol is really good. Uh, Paul Gasol is a really good passer. But this guy's he's so unique Yeah, in the way that he – Seven assists a game last year. That's you don't see centers doing that. No, like Draymond type players do that, but this guy's like a legit seven footer. He's a point guard on the team. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting how they use him. You know the craziest thing about Jokic, second round pick. Yeah. yeah. So last year he had a thirteen point eight wins above replacement. <laughs> he almost had fourteen wins above replacement. That's how vital he is to this team. And. They have him coming back down to 9.5, which is above his. So 2017 8.3, 2.0, or uh, 2018 7.9. So they still think that he's going to be 
you know, a solid player, better than his career averages. But last year was just like so ridiculous that it's tough to maintain that. Yeah. And one thing with, I mean, he's only 24. Was he an all-star last year? Yeah. Okay. So he's only 24 years old and he's been really healthy. That's the thing about him that separates him from like Embiid. He's played at least 73 games every year in his career. Yeah. Um, he plays quite a few minutes to 30, 32 a game. Last year, he, he his three-point shooting took kind of a big drop-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went from, in 2017, he shot nearly 40%. Last year, he shot 30%. So, really big drop-off in three-point shooting. You'd like to see him either, you know, take a little bit less because he shot, you know, 3.4 a game. Um, and some of that's just he needs to find better looks. Yeah. He's just sometimes he uh, they give him the ball late in the clock. He's taking stupid threes, but he and that's what I think separate what I was talking about. The best offensive player is probably Towns, mm-hmm. even though he's such a better, you know, he's Towns is a good passer. But Joke is in a whole nother level. That three point shooting is what separates those two guys on the offensive end. Yeah. And another thing that will probably surprise people is Joke had a, a plus 2.6 defensive rating and, and even went up to 3.4 in the playoffs. He's not a bad defender. No, he's not a good, his like counting stats aren't a make. He doesn't block very much. No, uh, only 0.7 blocks, but actually 1.4 steals. Yeah. And he just, he knows where to be at the right times for, for defense, mm-hmm. which I mean, good rotations. When, yeah. And when you're doing that much on offense, that's all you could really ask for. He's like a, He's like a guard in a, a legit seven foot center's body. Yeah. You know, he's getting steals. He's averaging seven assists a game. If you want to see some of the craziest passes you've ever seen in your life, just look up highlights of his passes. They're just, it's kind of sickening. I'm glad that they made a playoff run last year because he started to get a little bit more national attention. He yeah. was kind of a hidden gem. The Nuggets aren't a very exciting team. No. But yeah, steal. I mean, 2000, <clears throat> 2014 draft, he was the 41st overall pick. That's just crazy. And he, yeah, he's a great player to watch. If you guys, you want to see a good, just a just a good, smart, offensive basketball player, go watch Nikola play. Yeah, and the funniest thing about uh, Nikola is the Carmelo system, we obviously talked about it earlier, that they like to compare players to, to players previously. And he's such a unique player. They have it ranked on a similarity scale. Uh, um, scale so like it'll be like i think is it one through 100 or yeah one through 100 the like a really similar player would be like in the 60s or 70s yeah and the most similar player is 37 so there's nobody comparable to this guy no i think the closest comp that i see on here is like a blake griffin yeah i mean they're not really blake griffin of, of recent is a little more similar blake griffin's a lot more athletic. larry bird i would say probably the closest right huh larry bird's probably the closest on this list. he is larry birdish yeah. i mean he's bigger than larry bird like larry bird was an amazing passer too yes really good really good passer it's seven seven assists per game last year um 20 points a really just really efficient 50 percent um his free throw percentage is 82 percent get that three-point percentage up and you're talking, I, I think that this guy is this guy doesn't get the hype and the attention that Joel Embiid is. Mm-hmm. Um but I think he is more likely to carry his team f- deep in the playoffs than. Oh yeah. I really like the Nuggets. I yeah, they're 
they're a fun team to watch in my opinion i i like watching them i was hoping they'd go to the western conference finals but it's just that the, all those overtimes just killed nicola because i mean he can't he can't keep up yeah he but, plays like what like 60 something minutes that game just something absurd yeah he just died so yeah we can't blame him i mean i'm surprised he i mean they can't take him out they got to win that game but yeah um, nicknames we have for Nicola, um, most well-known one is Joker. And then, uh, one that's been catching on is Big Honey, which I kind of like. It's kind of cool. It's, it's like unique. how smooth he is. Yeah, it's unique. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's been our rate, our, our centered rating, um, finally over our, uh, total power rankings for all the posi- starting positions. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed going through all these guys. Hopefully you mm-hmm. guys did too. There's. So many players that don't get the attention that they deserve, and that's why we like doing this because we follow these guys and try to learn it. I mean, we learned a lot doing this too. Yeah, you know, it's just a different way to do power rankings instead of just giving us our, our us giving you our heart, hot takes or who we think is what. We 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 obviously do it by what the system says, and then we can give our opinion on it. And it's just it's like if I had to, if I had to do this like. I would obviously I'd probably put I would probably put Embiid first, but obviously this war says that Nicola is better. So like, and the stats show it. And that's one thing you you know maybe if you're looking at like oh Embiid's a better player right because he's more skilled or a better defender that kind of stuff. But it's like unless you start looking at these statistics, you don't realize that oh he plays twenty less minutes or twenty less games a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why we liked this is why we decided on this system. Um. I was, you know, when we, when we first started doing this, I was trying to think of, you know, how, what, you know, statistics are we going to use? Cause you could always use like player efficiency rating, which is so common, like ESPN uses it, but player efficiency rating takes no consideration to players defense. It's all offense. It's yeah. how many points, how many assists, how many turnovers, you know, and per, per minute, that kind of stuff. And it's in, um, so it's kind of a, an obnoxious stat to use in my opinion, because the defensive end is what separates players. Yeah. And the biggest thing about this is just how many wins is this player going to get you if you play him? Like, yeah. and that's in that, and that's what it really comes down to is winning games. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what they're out there for, right? Yeah. yeah. How many, are you going to get wins for your team? And there's a lot of, as you've seen, as we've broken down all these players, there's a lot of different ways you can get wins. And that's know? why the system is so widely used in the, uh, in baseball. Yeah. Because you have just have all these players, and back then they they scoffed at deeper analytics, and then uh, Billy, uh, the guy, the Billy Billy Bean, Billy Bean brought this in, and he made a team with it, and it's and it started catching on, and now it's finally catching on to the NBA. They found out a way to use the war system with NBA players, and I I think you know sometimes I know the the analytics get a little nerdy, and we try not to get too far into them, but. Every every week, it seems like you know I follow a lot of people on Twitter and and in the you know kind of the scene that look at analytics and every week they're coming up with something different, mm-hmm. and you know every once in a while you get one like this. This is like six, I think, no, like about four years old or so, um, you know that really is efficient in projecting players. And yeah. Carmelo Systems done a really good job, probably because you know it takes players and compares them to other people mm-hmm. that have had similar sizes, careers, you know, and projects them out that way. Uh, along with their stats and their minutes and that kind of stuff. So, and we I, could always come back to this next year and see how close the Carmelo system was act- yeah. actually close to projecting what these players actually did. Yeah, I'd, we, I'd love to come back and look. And they, you know, they they've been doing it for for some time, and 
Um, last year they were really, really, really accurate. So mm-hmm. we're kind of banking on them doing that again. Um, give give you some of our opinions on why we think they're gonna what do these, uh, you know, do well or do poorly, or what about their game translates well to wins or yeah. Well, that was uh, a little longer than I thought, but glad we uh, got through it. I had a had a great time. Next next week we're uh, we're kind of undecided. We might go towards cap. A cap cut uh, going over cap or we might do uh shortest windows for uh, contenders um next week yeah we'll, we'll decide here uh, after we post this this podcast we uh really hope you guys enjoyed our our power ranking series this kind of kicks off our first eight episodes mm-hmm. um you know we started with the free agency obviously and then kind of went into this power ranking series and we really enjoy doing it hopefully you guys learned something yeah um if you did follow us on twitter Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like. Um, if you got ideas for us, if there's something you want us to talk about, tweet at us. We you know we're going to read it. Um, yeah, you can follow us at uh, the the LM Podcast. That's our Twitter handle. If you want to ask us questions, we don't really have many followers, but if you want to follow us, and hopefully we can get a big enough audience where we can answer you guys' questions. Yeah, we're we're open. You know, we're kind of just doing this as we go. It's something we really enjoy doing. So if you have, you know, if there's a certain player you want us to talk about, if there's a certain team you want us to talk about, mm-hmm. I mean, we can. You guys can tell we can go on for hours. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, we're just trying to fill the the gap in our hearts when before the NBA season starts. We're so getting think, there. Yeah, another uh, two ish months. Yeah. So Team USA basketball is holding me over a little bit. Yeah, I'll have to uh, definitely. De- uh, dive deeper into uh usa basketball i've never really uh followed fiba but yeah well we're uh we're in the off season so i think that's all i got so yeah summer league was such a dud this year that i'm we haven't even talked that much about it because it hasn't been that much it wasn't that much to talk about so mm-hmm. we might dive into it a little bit if we if we um can't think of anything else but it wasn't that exciting yeah well thanks uh that's that's all our that's all we got for today guys um we'll be posting this sunday but it should be on monday august 12th yep so uh give us a like on itunes spotify or wherever you can like us and follow us on our twitter page and know when we go we uh hit out a podcast we we usually hit one every week unless some big news stops hits uh hits the market so and we're on stitcher now yeah we're on stitcher so um every major podcast uh that should be it for today thanks guys We've been walking through the forest with blood on our hands. We got lost in such a foreign land where we could be free. We could be free. I'm a pagan, I'm a pilgrim, I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. I'm one of God's children that's descending from the state. We've been deceived.